Definitely can't speak for anybody else but myself, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and I know everybody's happy it is Friday. TGIF! Stay down there, girl. Stay down there. My time here, why you are inside the Friday mix on coffee in tow. Getting ready for the weekend. I got to apologize for yesterday to my listeners on QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and everyone who was with me on Clubhouse. Not sure what the heck happened. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't explain the things that occur. You just gotta go with the flow. But we're back! <laughs> we're back this morning and we're gonna have a good time today! We shot the same clothes from the same place. We got the same pretty face, same small ways. We shot the same clothes from the same place. We got the same pretty face, same small ways. Maybe the same man, we got the same taste. The same long hair, we got the same lace. Same body, we cock up, we got the same shape. Same food, fridge stuck up, we eat the same grape. We got the same house, the same landscape. Everything is the same, but get it straight. We got the same thing, we are not the Tell me they are first class, you they are the plain thing Continue 18, we are not the same thing We got the same, but we are not the same Girl I go on, I carry on But me they pan another level, me no see them at all No not all, me no see them at all Cause me they pan another level, me no see them at all Them 
now connect like when me reject a call Come in the pan another level, me no see them at all No not all, me no see them at all Come in the pan another level, me no see them at all No ordinary, me in a different category Girl a fear watch me like a me a them inquiry Battery da li li li, all of them just envy me Them a secondary If my walls could talk <laughs> Oh my gosh, and let you know how I'm behaving real bad. Something about dance hall. It's dance hall music today inside the Friday mix. And of course, you know, we're going to talk about the whole Sizzler Kalanji foolishness. And I'm calling it foolishness. I'm going to take back my talk. We got the same shape, same food fridge stuck up, we eat the same grape We got the same house, the same landscape Everything is the same but get it straight We got the same thing, we are not the same thing Girl, me they are first class, you they are the plain thing Continue eating, we are not the same thing We got the same but we are not the same Girl, I want, I carry on but me Yes, we're kicking it off with Spice this morning Start off with the ladies the ladies first <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and talk about the headlines we're gonna be discussing today stick around you know what i'm feeling a different vibe today i think i'm gonna let us just get into the headlines tables turn the tables turn what goes around comes back around tables turn the tables turn let me say good morning to all our listeners around the world logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com good morning to everyone logged on and listening on johnnoradio.com and of course i have to say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse we welcome iphones and androids we welcome them both <laughs> let me behave myself <laughs> Alright, it is Friday, December 9, 2022. Yes, TGIF. Today it is all about the Friday mix. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. Out of the Caribbean corner, Jamaican voted world's best innovative coconut farmer. Uh, out of Suriname, there is confusion over Dutch apology for slavery. Uh, CARICOM observers are urging Dominican government to implement electoral reforms. And of course, on the entertainment scene out of the Caribbean, Sizzler destroys DJ Khaled Plax and accuses the American of insulting him know your place sizzler know your place that's all i must say in news out of north america ex-border patrol agent convicted of killing four women in texas new businesses in west hollywood must have gender neutral restrooms with multiple stalls paul whelan tells cnn he is disappointed that more has not been done to secure his release in business and tech news, Elon Musk is turning Twitter into a hotel for staff. And of course, that is now leading to him being under investigation. Yeah, for turning the offices into bedrooms. 
On the sports scene, Saudi Crown Prince MBS helped negotiate Britney Griner's release. Hmm. And believe it or not, stores Pastor Jamal wants to bring black men back to church by growing weed. In entertainment news, which we didn't get to cover yesterday, Bill Cosby, NBC, being sued by five women who claim actors sexually abused them. Those stories and more, so much more coming up after a little more from the dance hall scene. That's how we're doing it today, right here on Coffee and Tall World News on the Go. Keep it locked. Money. Can't tell me off is spend it cause I feel me me money No depend but nobody become me have me me money Can't tell me off is spend it cause I feel me me money Independent girl Real number one trending girl Now fi check when me spending girl Have me one house now fi boom fence girl Independent Ashensia Ramesh ENT Now write yourself, come my attitude stink like be a gun. Couple mil, yes, it them in a recall. Different currency, I travel like me, I did traffic. Them say me hype, <laughs> me I feel off. Them lucky some in a show off. Me no depend but nobody become me have me, me money. Can't tell me office spend it, cause I feel me, me money. No depend but nobody become me have me, me money. Can't tell me office spend it, cause I feel me, me money. Independent girl, real number one trending girl. Now fi check when me spending girl. Balance like an acrobat, drop it like an earthquake, jiggle like the aftershock. Action we say, we don't talk a lot, no bag of chat. Serious like a heart attack. Bend down like jelly in a distorted black, and your market set, you know what come after that. The place wet up, but I know water that, you know this a ticket, you know how to do it. Try to try to do it. Try to try to do it. Try to try to do it. Try to Watch this, watch this. Set 
feel you ugly like mommy. Sit down, sit down, snap it. Sit down and behave. Look how you're big. I saw me know me brave. Eat it like a thief. Walk it like a slave. Not tell nobody, girl. Take it to your grave. Anyway. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and get started. Thank you so much for tuning in to QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. First up is the Caribbean Corner. If, it, if I could find it. <laughs> you know what it is, what it is today. It's Friday. Even even technology wants to take a break ready for the weekend so first up out of the caribbean corner out of barbados students saying i don't want to go to school after dayton incident story courtesy of barbados.loopnews.com some students shaken after incident brings teaching to a halt at dayton griffith school yesterday afternoon parents and guardians sped or hustled to Dayton Griffith School in Christ Church after receiving calls, texts, or messages from their children or their children's friends, and or on hearing the breaking news over airwaves that the school was allegedly locked down. Well, the school's main gate was closed when parents descended upon the secondary school after 1 p.m. and police officers were on the compound. When Loop News arrived at the scene, school buses were entering the gates and many parents were parking to go collect their children or standing waiting on the outside of the gate for their child to be allowed to exit. Veradine, I don't know why I was stumbling over that, Veradine Jacobs said that she got a call from her son's friend to come get him around 1 p.m., but on speaking to a teacher, she was reassured that everything was under control, so she made sure to be at the gate as soon as school ended. I was scared for him because I know he's a panicker and they were just telling me they don't want to come to school. Um, They're tired of being bullied. (sighs) Oh boy. One student accompanied by her mother spoke to Loop News under anonymity. The senior student, um, of course, was asking what happened. How did I find out if teachers told us anything? Blase, blase. So what essentially happened is that one student who is a fourth form student, who is basically a bully, allegedly kicked another boy who then pulled out a knife. And because he had interfered with him before, he decided he was going to take a weapon with him to school. When he brandished the knife, the other one, who is the bully, started begging that he not stab him. Listen. Leave people alone. You go to school to learn, not to be a bully. And children who are bullies grow up to be adults who are bullies. So you would not leave this child alone until you were threatened with a knife. Until you were stabbed. Because he ended up stabbing him. Learn to leave people pitney alone you can poke and poke and poke and poke but at some point somebody is going to retaliate and unfortunately it never ends well it just doesn't i don't know if it's that parents are not teaching their children about the importance of not being a bully 
I don't, and the, the children are opting, they're, they're probably being taught, but the children are opting not to listen. They don't understand the consequences. And it's not the first school it has happened at in Barbados. There was another school where two male students, again, same thing happened. Stabbing because of bullying. Leave people alone, man. BVI, our next story, British Virgin Islands, Virgin Gorda on Forbes magazine's top 2023 places to visit. The British Virgin Islands has announced that its crown jewel, Virgin Gorda, has been chosen by the prestigious Forbes magazine as the destination that holds the eighth spot on the list of top destinations to visit in 2023. Virgin Gorda is the only Caribbean island to make this prestigious list in its article. Here they are, the 23 best places to travel in 2023. Forbes described Virgin Gorda as a destination of clear, calm waters that offers first-class snorkeling. The island is a sought-after vacation spot for couples, families, snorkelers, and beach bums. Visitors are intrigued by the baths with its huge boulders and pristine turquoise waters. So, uh, the list is created, this, you know, 23 best places to travel in 2023 list is created based on recommendations by top travel advisors one advisor explains the best way to explore has always been by boat but with the reopening of the fully renovated rosewood little dicks bay staying on land is just as magical can 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 they change that name please i don't like the name um yeah just say rosewood bay or rosewood little bay sounds weird anyway that's my mind and yes my mind is warped I, I will say that so um yeah check it out if you're looking to go to the british virgin islands put it on your to-do list for next year caricom observers urging dominican government to implement electoral reforms the Caribbean Community Election Observation Mission, CEOM, has said the results of Dominica's general election were an accurate reflection of the collective intention of the voters. In a preliminary statement, the CEOM's chief of mission, Fern Narcisscope, said that voters were able to cast their ballots without intimidation or fear. From observations, the polls were opened in a timely manner in the majority of the polling districts. All the stations observed were fully staffed and most had at least one polling agent present, representing the ruling political party and independent candidates that contested the general election. Most polling stations were conveniently located and easily accessible to the voters, though some instances of accessibility challenges for the disabled elderly and infirmed were noted. Narcissope, who is Trinidad and Tobago's chief elections officer, noted that voter turnout was low. She stated the CEOM hopes Prime Minister Roosevelt Scarrett will continue and build on the efforts to date to secure electoral reform for future elections in Dominica. Our next story, we head on over to the Cayman Islands. Police recover ganja in Georgetown and Cayman Brack. The Royal Cayman Islands Police RCIPS reported that at about 6.15 p.m. on Sunday, December 4, officers responded to report that suspicious packages had been found at a location on South Church Street, Georgetown. 
Officers attended the location and recovered several large duffel bags containing packages of suspected ganja totaling approximately 165 pounds. All right, so that's going down there. Our next story on over to Grenada. And this story is courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. The government of Grenada is to allow a one-year tax amnesty as it aims to recover more than EC $600 million in arrears. The announcement was made to Parliament by Prime Minister Decon Mitchell, who is also the Finance Minister. Delivering his maiden national budget, Mr. Mitchell stated that some of us have not been paying our fair share to support national development, while noting that his administration was elected on a platform to build a sense of national identity and a culture of meeting our obligations to the state. To prepare for this, the Grenada PM said that the government will implement a tax amnesty and waive 100% of all interest and penalties for the arrears up to December 2021. In an effort to stem the further accumulation of arrears, Mr. Mitchell said all future arrears will be pursued while also stating that the nation's tax system will be going digital to increase collection rates. Um, Good for Grenada, but as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, I'm not sure if I had the conversation here on Coffee until as it relates to um, taxes in Jamaica and that not everyone pays, pays taxes, not everyone. And I believe that there is an imbalance in the scales. Um, and unfortunately, it's those who don't pay taxes who seem to cry a lot, who complain a lot, who are bitter. I believe that as Jamaica likes and Jamaicans like to embrace and adopt a lot of um, foreign policies and, and, and procedures, they should look into a way where every single person has to file a tax return, whether you have a job or not. I think it's something that needs to be done, not just to businesses that are registered. I think there needs to be also more stringent measures to see to it that every business is registered whether you're a street vendor whether you're selling in the market or you have a brick and mortar everybody needs to pay taxes in my opinion good morning javette go right ahead good morning moments it's friday (laughs) (laughs) and i'm working from home (laughs) so question yeah why doesn't everybody pay taxes? And are we talking about business tax or personal tax? We're talking about both personal and business. So for businesses, you're supposed to be registered, right? You're supposed to register your business. You're supposed to be filing taxes, but unfortunately not everyone has registered their business. And I consider the people at hero circle who sell the crab soup, I consider them business owners. They get up every day, they show up, and they make money. The people who sell on the sides of the street, the vendors, street vendors, I consider them business people. They're entrepreneurs. They're making tax-free money. The profits are tax-free. Yet, when a business who has, to re- who has registered has to see to it that their taxes are paid, Whatever GCT is collected is turned over along with any other tax. 
So, you know, I'm going to come with something else. Yes. <laughs> so my grandmother used to get up and go downtown, so-called downtown, every morning and sell stuff. Right. If she had registered, would she get the same tax break as the businesses, being that she doesn't have brick and mortar, she doesn't have a building, she doesn't have employees, you know, none of that. So how do you make it equal on both sides? How do they do it here in the U.S., Javette? I don't know how it works here in the U.S. to make sure that um, depending on the, I, I guess it's dependent on the size of your business. That could be a model that could be looked at. Not sure how that would work. Um, but I know that businesses do get tax breaks in Jamaica. That I know. No, the type of tax break they get, I'm not sure about. That I'm not sure about. And that's good. That's a good question. Something, hopefully, someone who has more, who, who's privy to that information or has more information is able to pass on would appreciate that. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. And I'm saying that I think everybody should pay taxes. That way, everybody, um, in my opinion, will have a justified voice, right? Um, there are people who have never, the only tax that pays when they go to the supermarket or when they buy a piece of clothing in a legitimate business. But yet they're the first ones to complain about infrastructure needing improvement and this and ah, Wapakil Philip. I believe that all revenue generated from every single person could be a way for us to pay up our debts and relieve ourselves of the burden placed upon us by the International Monetary Fund. That's my belief. And the IMF then only becomes a need basis, only when it's extremely need, really needed, not something that we are dependent on as a crutch. Now, is it going to cause discomfort? Yes. But it's, I believe it's a way to kind of gain some control and l have some impact um, as it relates to lowering the cost of living in Jamaica. I don't know. I may be just grasping at straws. I don't know because I'm not very coherent right now. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I often wonder how much money the street vendors actually bring in. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them build some, I've seen them build mansions I've seen them build mansions I've seen them um, drive nice cars yeah okay so in the chat Dre put first five years they pay no taxes in Jamaica and that's with small businesses thank you Dre everyone should want to have their business registered and yes, I know some businesses do get a tax return. Um, they get money back. I know some businesses do just like they do here in the U.S. Because they've paid their taxes, whether it's monthly or quarterly, as um, they should. But a lot of times, people don't want to pay taxes, which leads me to say this, and I don't want to go too much off on a tangent. But I have noticed something. There are a lot of people 
who will say, oh, I want to open a business. And I'm talking about here in the U.S. Let me be specific. Oh, I want to open a business, but I don't want to have to pay taxes. So you rather continue to work for someone. You have a great business idea, great plan, something that could be successful, but you don't want to pay taxes. That's why you don't want to open that business. Um, which then leads me to another question. Are we afraid of success? And don't you understand that? Yes, success comes with a price. You have to pay the price to be successful. What are we afraid of? Why the hesitancy? Is it because we're not aware of um, the benefits of owning a business? If run properly and if we follow guidelines and if you get yourself a good accountant who can teach you how to um, capitalize on tax breaks. I don't know. I know I had a myriad of questions there, right? Throwing everything out at once. <laughs> I, I, I think it's the mindset maybe not actual proof mm -hmm. that the little person pays more than the big corporation. Mm -hmm. But we've actually kind of, you know, the little person pays more than the 1%. Right. Yeah. That's a given. That's a given. But is it that the 1% get more tax breaks because at the end of the day, they're responsible for keeping the wheels moving in the sense that they're the ones who are setting up businesses and doing the vast amount of hiring. Could that be the reason why they're getting more of a tax break as an um, as encouragement to continue doing business and hiring folks? Could that be it, Javad? That's the reason or that's their excuse. Let me just say that. Okay. All right. That's how I see it. I see that as an excuse. Okay. All right. Because if you're saying you are the one that implements employment, right? Mm -hmm. But me as the employee is paying higher taxes than you. How is that? I'm making less than you. So the taxes are being paid, but they're being paid by me. Sorry, Dre, go ahead. <laughs> okay, good question, Javette. Go right ahead, Dre. That notion is wrong also because um, as employees, we have one tax, right? Um, remember, they, 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 they do the tax in, in, in how much you make. So there's a tax bracket for people who make ter under 30 grand, tax under 70, a tax under 100 and plus, however they break it down. So in actuality, if you're in a tax bracket, but you're, you're, you're paying the same in that tax bracket. So with business now, of like the, 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 the same thing, um, whether it's a small business, you pay X amount of tax, and, and then the larger business, the tax go up. However, the breaks that they get is because they're hiring people, and I think they should get those breaks to make the business sustainable. Because if they pay all of that money out in why are you breaking up this morning when you're giving um, us valuable information dre say that again dre say that again we missed some of what you said uh, uh, uh which part just start over <laughs> oh man that's a lot <laughs> i think okay the last thing i heard you say clearly was that the tax breaks are justified pretty much right they, they are because um I mean, they're off employment. So 
you know, everything have a loophole. So you use those loopholes to save money. Um, so you could hire more people because if you don't have that money, you can't hire. Your, your, your business is going to fall off. So um, basically why I think it's, it's, it's good because look how, um, for instance, the small businesses, right? Look how they struggle. I think they should get breaks too because they are also hiring, but it's also with, with brackets. So imagine um, a bigger company now paying out all that tax. They wouldn't be able to hire so much people. We'd be jobless. So I do think it's justified. Okay. And it's fair because it just go by it go by tax brackets. Okay. okay. So we we literally almost paying the same across the board if you're in that bracket. So. <laughs> Thank you, Dre. Javette is not liking that. Go ahead, Javette. <laughs> no, I don't have to say anything. I just disagree. <laughs> Jackass said the world no level. Don't ask me how them know Jackass said the world no level. It's just the same level. Grown up hearing. <laughs> Things will never seem fair, right? Will never seem fair. But I see Dre's point. I will be less inclined to grow my business and offer jobs if I have to shell out a bag of money plus, you know, pay salaries and so on. I get it. I get it. But um, for those who are desirous of owning a business and you want to scale your business up, meaning, yeah, you may start out as what is referred to as a small business. You may have, say, three of you working you your husband your child or you your husband and somebody's or you and your couple friends whatever and the goal is to keep increasing and i'm sure the bigger the business gets the more breaks you will get right it's it's kind of like when you get into a job um what you call it what's the term when you're new in the on the job whatever um you don't get the same pay as the person who was or you don't get the same perks and you probably don't get away with murder like people who have been on the job for 20 years who can come to work late because they've paid their dues you know you have to shell out in the early stages to get yourself to a certain level and then you can start enjoying more freedoms if that if that correlation makes sense and i just have to throw something else out there yeah. i don't it take up too much time. No, no, no. You're fine. Go right ahead. So if these huge corporations supposedly are getting such great tax breaks, why are they sending the jobs overseas? Let me just throw that out there. Because the goal is to save money however they can. <laughs> that is where the capitalist mentality comes in, Jafet. They're always going to try to see how they can get the most for as little as possible. That's what it is. It's, 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 it's too expensive to produce in the U.S. Yeah. That's so, again, I agree with sending some of those jobs overseas because um, I don't want to pay five hundred dollar for something where i could get it for a hundred if it was produced in the u.s we will be paying significantly more and then we'll be having a different conversation so we can't afford nothing we already can't afford nothing <laughs> but, so, it, but it, this 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 um thousand dollar apple phone produced fully in the u.s will cost two or three thousand dollars just saying yeah but it's not and some jobs some jobs some jobs we're just not doing here. We, we just have to be um, fair too. Some jobs we're not doing. They're not so close here so at all. So why even produce it here? I understand 
um, some of those jobs when it's a physical asset, but we have a lot of customer service being sent overseas. What's, what is that about? So you can pay the overseas customer service person $2 because you don't want to pay the person here 5 I, I, I agree with sending some of those customer service jobs. <laughs> Talk to us, Dre. Explain that one because, because that done, one I don't done. agree. <laughs> my, my 70 plus dollar phone bill is they have to pay everybody in the U.S. Um, pay everybody in the U.S. the salary and worst minimum wage and all those things going up. My phone bill would be $200 now. So it... Okay, I see what you're saying. It's, 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 we, we say, to me, we save when we send those jobs overseas. The consumer not, saves. Not, exactly, the consumer saves. And not only that, they have to pay out, um, they have to pay out all these uh, money to the employees. They have to pay more taxes too, so they just rather just send it overseas. So, to me, we benefit at the back end. We're just looking at, oh, these jobs are not here and and then we have to look at the shift so, um, the United States is shifting from 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 certain sectors so like say for instance shifting from the cost customer service sector more into tech and certain things then places like Jamaica benefit because now we can pick up those customer service jobs now we can pick up some of those other things. So I, I just think it's a win-win. We save a lot of money. Believe you me. China save we a lot of money. <laughs> All right. And now this is a definitely a good debate, a good conversation that we can see from different perspectives and from different mindsets. I don't mind the manufacturing overseas. Because the truth is, minimum pay a bag of money for something. Some of the things I already think are, I think are too expensive. But right, but when it comes to the customer service jobs, those are the ones that I do have an issue with. But at the same time, you know, we have to look at the win for the people in those countries whom they didn't have any opportunities. Their 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 opportunities were limited. So. A, a company going in and setting up shop and yes, they're not paying them the same rate. And you know, they're paying them according to the cost of living there to some degree, to some degree. So I get why, you know, it, it benefits those countries that people are now employed. People have jobs before they have their hand on them jaw and them are complaints of life rough. Now them can be making five dollars an hour versus zero an hour go ahead dre and then allison go ahead yeah and what i was saying about the customer service jobs also in america it's 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 not even stable because they have a high turnover rate oh lord the rate the, so so it's not even stable so to keep something like that around i mean we're gonna have them here but to to to, to focus on 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 um that sector here it makes no sense it's it the turnaround rate is just ridiculous so send it somewhere else where you have more stability and cheaper and and go ahead allison thank you dre go right ahead allison now i'm just agreeing to everything you're saying i work in the hospitality industry i've been in it for 18 years and what you're saying about going overseas and the customer service, we see high turnover here all the time. 
because they want these jobs, but they want high paying amount of money. And so a lot of these companies, especially the ones I work for, or customer services in the Philippines, some in India, and actually some is in Jamaica. And whenever guests call or we call customer service, a couple of times I spoke to a few Jamaicans and like had real long conversations with them, you know, helping with guest issues and stuff. But they're getting paid way less because for customer service here, people want $20 an hour. In the Philippines, they're getting paid maybe $3 an hour. In India, even less. And it's the same for tech support. We get a lot of our tech support from India. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when they call or we have an issue, the communication barrier with the accent and it, it's such a challenge. But these large corporations, it's they're saving a ton of money. They're not having to pay all these taxes that they would for employees and overheads. A lot of them eliminate offices because everything is overseas. So I get it, but it's good for them saving money, but it's horrible for the businesses here. Yeah. Somebody got to win for somebody or somebody got to lose for somebody to win. Right. That's pretty much what it is. Um, yeah. Trying to create the balance. One thing I would say, because when they go overseas, this is something they should look at too. When they go overseas and set up shop, um, pay them more because, and here's why I'm saying pay more. I, once worked with a company when I was living in Atlanta, they had a call center in India. And at the time, if I remember well, they were paying something like $2 and something per head per employee, um, per hour per employee there. Now, the company that they were paying, they didn't have to worry about insurance, health insurance or anything. They just paying the salary. And funny enough, out of that money, though, they were able to set up a cafeteria where the, the staff would get breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, they were able to take care of the health care costs in India, the company that had the contract. Um, but pay a little more, pay a little more, not the low wage. If you can do if you're doing two, do four, double up. Let's double up and give them a better or encourage the contractors to give them a better package. That that's what I would say. But um, yeah, they don't have the burden of worrying about health insurance costs, unemployment insurance costs. They they, they relieve themselves of a lot of burden when they send those jobs overseas. Um, another thing I will touch on real quick before moving on. I have worked in the call center industry here, and let me tell you something. Oh, child. It's not easy. The attitudes you have to put up with. These people, let me tell you something. You got to be so careful with them because they're looking for a reason to sue. And everybody wants to be on FMLA. Nobody really want to work. And I'm just calling it as I see it. They want to do the minimum work to get through. And then there comes a time when they slack off because... If they, but if they're working in a center where there is a bonus applied, right? You are able to get a bonus every month or whatever. Worse, you see when it come around to the last quarter of the year, them slack right off. They don't want to perform because why? Oh, oh, they've told me flat out. It will affect my benefits, my ability to get my um 
government housing assistance and food stamps. Really? So that's how you want to live for the rest of your life? Yeah. So attitude is another thing that a lot of times companies don't want to contend with, not just the money. And they're saying, well, if I can shit the job overseas and pay way less and get better, I mean, the only hindrance is the accent. But if I can get better service or get more out of them than nothing but complaining and every minute doctor's notes, every minute them late and yada, 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 and the bag of attitude, guess what? I'd probably do the same thing. Sucks, but I'll probably do the same thing as a corporation owner. I don't know. And sad enough, it's, it's better productivity too because those calls are timed by the, from the first time you pick up to the time you end. Yes. You have to be able to resolve an issue within a certain amount of time. Yes. And you have to take a certain amount of calls within an hour. Yep. So the productivity is tracked differently. Here they go, everybody's on a smoke break all the time, <laughs> going to the bathroom 50 million times. And I deal with it in the workplace every day. Like I see this, they'll be like, they'll find ways to come up with things. And now this new age, not to discount mental health, but all of a sudden everybody's so sad and moody and going through something and you can't, you have to be really sensitive with them. And it's almost as if you're babying all these grown mm -hmm. adults to I, make them work, to put money in their pockets. And it, it's highly frustrating. Yeah. As somebody who works in operations, it's highly frustrating. So I see it. I see the reason why I understand why they just put it overseas because these people want to work. They get incentivized by these calls, whatever the amount is. And so they're more productive and the more they, more calls they make and the more stuff they resolve, it's the more money that they make. Uh, you know, what is sad, uh, Alison, when you look in the call centers, what's the majority of the demographic that you see there? Um, a lot of Asians, mostly Filipinos, Indians, and people in from the, the US, Caribbean. in the US, you have a lot of Filipinos, and that's good because down here in South Florida, it's I would say ninety percent blacks that are on the call center floors, and unfortunately, and it's so sad for me to have to say this, but the non-blacks, you get a better attitude, better work um, ethic. I don't know what it is. It's a truth, though. It's okay. You can say it. It's the truth. <laughs> It sucks, but it's true. The, the black, truth never the, yeah, the black workers give you the worst attitude. They are the worst. I'm sorry. It sucks, and it it's hard for me to say. It. it really is, and I'm wondering what is wrong with our mindset. They have some false sense of entitlement, but I'm still trying to figure out what is it that you're entitled to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you show up. You have to do your eight hours like everybody else and be productive within, within those eight hours and then they go. And then sometimes they feel like they'll threaten and be like, oh, I might leave. Okay, then leave because somebody else is willing to take your spot. Exactly. We would rather not have this headache, honestly. Yeah. But we can't just flat out fire you. So please help both of us <laughs> be great. <laughs> yes, Dre. At the end of the day, we end up agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you have to weigh the pros and cons and you have to do what's best for your company, right? And I will say to the black community, can we change our mindset, change our attitude? If you want to work, show up and work. Show up and work. Show up on time. Don't be coming in late every day with the same complaint. Change your behavior.
And the sad part is some of them, they are really good at what they do. It's just working on the attitude. How they're going to do it? I don't know. They have to figure that out. All right. That was good conversation. <laughs> Our next story, we head to Suriname. Confusion over Dutch apology for slavery. Courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The Suriname government says it has not formally received any apology from the Netherlands regarding slavery. Media reports said that Dutch Minister of Legal Protection, Frank Werwind, who will be on a working visit to the Dutch-speaking Caribbean community, Caricom country, would offer an apology. Justice and Police Minister Kenneth Amoxi, speaking in the National Assembly on Tuesday, said that while a work program has been agreed for the December 5th through 20th visit, it does not include an apology on December 19th about slavery nothing has been reported about apologies he said but the government has said that everything concerning apologies on december 19 has been in the press with the minister of spatial planning and environment saying the government nonetheless is not ignoring the signals a position will be taken by the government the council will also be involved in taking the position as much as possible the community um, the leader of the opposition, National Democratic Party, NDP, in the National Assembly, said while they agree with the Marxist statement, it has not escaped the attention that it has been that has been made public that Werwind is coming there to apologize for the slavery of the past. Hmm. Has it been accepted? How is the government dealing with this? You know how sensitive the matter is with those involved in Suriname. Have they been consulted? And this concerns the government, and they're asking for the government's view on this. And uh, they're saying we, the descendants, will not accept that, and you as a descendant should not accept that either. And what is that? The exclusion of an apology. So, Surinamese, they want their apology. Now we head on over to Jamaica for our next set of stories. First up, courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com, high school groundsmen killed, uh, groundsmen killed at home in St. Thomas. The St. Thomas police are probing Thursday's murder of a groundsman who was shot and killed by unknown assailants at his home in Seaforth, St. Thomas. The deceased is 41-year-old Leon White, who was employed to Seaforth High School in the parish. Police reports are that at about 1 a.m., residents heard loud explosions coming from a section of the capture land community in the town and notified the police. On their arrival, the police did not detect anything unusual. However, when White's girlfriend later visited his house, she stumbled upon his bullet-riddled body inside the house. The police were again summoned and the body was subsequently removed to the morgue. No motive for the killing has yet been established by the police. Next story, courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. Government of Jamaica may foot multi-billion dollar payout after Privy Council ruled in 30-year-old legal battle. There are jitters in the wholeness administration after it was revealed that the government of Jamaica is facing a massive multi-billion dollar payout to prominent businessman YP Seaton. This after the UK-based Privy Council handed a massive victory to Seaton in a three decades-long legal battle with what's now Sajikor Bank Jamaica on Thursday. 
The ruling is sending shock waves through Jamaica's financial sector as it's emerging that Sajikor was indemnified by the government of Jamaica through the financial sector adjustment company, FinSAC. Questions are now swirling as to whether the government of Jamaica is now liable to pay what could amount to close to $25 billion to Mr. Seaton. Ricardo Brooks has been following up the reading and judgment and getting reactions. The UK Privy Council is Jamaica's final appellate court. On Thursday morning, it concluded a 30-year legal battle between YP Seaton and Sajikor Jamaica. The original question in the case was whether Sajikor's predecessor, Eagle Commercial Bank, was correct to freeze and debit the foreign currency accounts of Mr. Seaton. Then Justice, now Chief Justice, Brian Sykes, had ruled that the bank was not entitled to do so. The UK judges, therefore, had to decide whether Seaton was now entitled to the US dollar amounts which were in his accounts in May of 1992, plus compound interest on the sums from that date until now. The law lords said yes. This means Mr. Seaton is owed the total of US $428,000, which was spread across four accounts in 1992, plus compound interest dating back from the 7th of May, 1992, and that is 30 years ago. Jamaica was operating at a high interest rate environment in the early 1990s, which ultimately led to the collapse of the financial sector. FinSAC was the vehicle established by the then PNP administration to manage the collapse of the sector. A rough calculation means the sum now owed to Mr. Seaton would be substantial. At least one attorney says a rough calculation puts the final figure into the billions. The law lords have asked, well, have tasked the Registrar of the Privy Council with doing the accounting to determine the total owed to him. Mr. Seaton has hailed the ruling as an act of raw justice. But there are questions as to who exactly will be liable to pay the amounts awarded. Hmm. Nationwide news checks revealed that an affidavit submitted in the case in 2015 by former Financial Secretary Devon Rowe revealed that the Jamaican government is exposed in the matter. That exposure arises from a share sale agreement entered into between FinSAC and RBTT International and RBTT Financial Holdings Limited. At the time, RBTT took over the Union Bank. Union Bank was formed from a merger of several failed banks, including Eagle Commercial, that were taken over by the Patterson administration in the 1990s. Wow, this is interesting. Union Bank was subsequently acquired by RBTT and renamed RBC Royal Bank in June 2011. RBC Jamaica was acquired and merged with Sajikor Bank in June of 2014. So there goes the trail. That's how it comes back to Sajikor. Based on the share sale agreement, a full indemnity was provided to RBTT from FinSAC for all losses suffered and costs that would reasonably be incurred by RBTT relating to any litigation commenced against Union Bank prior to the acquisition of RBTT shares. Oh, boy. Listen. <laughs> hey. Ta- 
at the end of the day, it's taxpayers who are going to be left to foot the bill. Thank you, PNP. Appreciate you for this one. <sighs> yeah. Well, some good news. <laughs> Jamaican has been voted world's best innovative coconut farmer, courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com. St. Mary-based coconut farmer Michael Swaby was named the world's best innovative farmer among entries from 21 coconut-producing countries at a recent conference in Malaysia. There was also more success for Jamaica at the 50th International Cocoa Tech Conference, ICC, and Exhibition as Dr. Wayne Mary, a plant pathologist at the Coconut Industry Board, was voted runner-up to the best coconut scientist of the year. He was edged out of the top spot by a counterpart from India. Swaby, who reaps more than 1,000 coconuts per week from his 38-acre farm in Crescent, St. Mary, was elated at winning the award. He said, words cannot express how I feel because I've been doing some serious work on my farm for many years. I started planting coconuts when I was 17, so I have been in the business for a long time, Swaby told Loop News. The veteran farmer said he used to export bananas in the 1980s and 90s, but is now focusing on coconuts after what he calls a massive replanting of the whole farm in 2003. Swaby does intercrop of the coconut trees with bananas and other produce and has ponds stocks with tilapia fish on the farm located close to Jack's River and Fontabelle. And he says he pumps water back from the ponds for use on the farm. So that helps to keep costs down. All right. Yeah, we need the farmers. But, you know, as I'm reading this, and I, I've looked at packaging of Grace Coconut Water in the supermarkets, and I don't know if I'm seeing right or if Jamaica is spelled a different way. Why? And even their coconut milk, the tinned coconut milk, why is it coming from Asia? And not Jamaica. I guess the answer is going to be because we can't um, do everything. We can't produce. We don't produce enough for export. But I've always wondered why am I drinking coconut water that is not from Jamaica? Hold on. Am I looking out the window right and seeing this lady have her dog poop on my lawn? Really? <laughs> I'm sorry. Open your window and say something to her. Good morning, everyone. Hold on a second. Real. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Say good. Great, great Friday. Great Friday. Please pick up your dog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hold on a second. I must be losing mm -hmm. my damn mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's too early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus. Wait. Hold on. Are you having a heart attack and the dog is pooping? Go say something. Cut the dog poop right now. Cut it. <laughs> you said cut it. Cut, cut, cut it. Cut it right back. Hold on. We'll hold on. We'll hold on. But don't Real mute us. We want to hear what you say, huh? <laughs> Good morning. Did Did you see Chief's message to you this morning? No. Where did I get him? What did he say? He oh, said. Lord. He called he you BB. He called me what? He said, good morning, BB, or something like that. What's BB, Chief? 
He was listening. He's not here in the room right now, but he was oh, listening to the show yesterday. Show yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive us. We have no behavior on Thursdays on our show. Sorry. And we got to fill the space while she makes sure that the poop is picked up. Okay. Oh, Lord <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, she, she, I went out there and she proceeded to bend down. She looked at me like, I won't tell you the look that she gave me. Um, to me but she looked at me and i don't know if she thinks I, i'm the maid but she did look at me a weird <laughs> way um yeah and then she proceeded to bend down and pick it up i, I always want to know why they have to do it on the lawn go to the curb why does it have to be on my grass oh, you have an empty street right there that probably is easier for you to pick it up because you don't got to touch the grass right oh i hate that sorry okay Whew, lord have mercy back to regular stories <laughs> i'm so sorry so sorry folks so sorry so sorry i love it i love it i love it no but i i really could not let this one go really couldn't let this one go it happens to me all the time too and they don't pick it up over here in gwinnett county sometimes and it's the bigger dogs I and mean, you know i have a little tiny dog so my little tiny it's dog. the big dogs. It's the big old dogs, and I, I drive out, and there's these big. I'm, I get ignorant, <laughs> and I take it and I put it on the. Pe the other day, I got ignorant because I know whose dog it was, and I took it up and I hung it on their front door. <laughs> oh Lord, I don't have any time for the nonsense over here in Georgia. At that point, at that point, Raphael had not won yet. I'm a little. I'm a little happier. <laughs> But Gangster. Gangster. <laughs> I was a little, you know, frustrated at the beginning of the week. You understand? But I'm not. I keep on. I keep on telling them. You know, you didn't. Pay. I've said it to them before. Like, you know, I don't. I, dogs are dogs. It happens. But pick it up. Clean I should, up. But it's all the way by my gap, by my um garage door. Oh, why is your dog walking so far into my yard? Oh, go you get that too. Yeah, I've had it but, close but, to my front door. Be careful if I'm drinking rum and I hold the trigger. The dog is gone. Oh, the dog is gone. Mm -hmm. So you guys like when it like all the way to the garage or close to your door. I I sometimes feel those people do that crap on purpose. Yes, that's why like, I picked why it up. up so far. Like yes. come on, now. they do they, they they trying you when they do stuff like that. <sighs> that's Jesus. why I picked it up and I took it right to, and I, it's not my next door neighbor. No, I just know the door and I took it right to their front door and hung it up for them. <laughs> Like a nice door right next to the Warnock, what they were handing the Warnock door signs, Dre, and the do the doodle bag was right with the door Warnock door sign. No time for them. No mess. I don't even know this woman. I don't even think she lives over here. I've never seen her before. That's the next thing on my block. Nobody have a dog. The people around the corner have a dog. They come and walk around the corner and have their dog poop <laughs> on our grass. What type of frackinacle is that? Nasty ass people. Seriously. Jesus. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whew. Back to back to regular programming. Yeah. Mm hmm. I bet she gon she learned today. D don't bring your dog this way. You better take him somewhere else with that foolishness. Yeah. I have a secret that y'all can sprinkle on the lawn. I'll tell, tell y'all. Yeah, please tell me because. <laughs> yeah, I need that too. I need that too. <laughs> 
So, congratulations to Mr. Swaby. I think we, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And my question was, why is it that Grace is selling um, coconut water and it doesn't have coconuts or coconut water from Jamaica? And you can taste the difference. It does not taste good. Sorry, not buying it. Um, so, this next one. So, in 2017, he appeared on the I'm So Grateful album with this song I tried to find a clean version so please bear with me Javette said it's manufactured flavor no yeah it does not taste good at all The title of this track is I'm So Grateful on the Grateful Album. And the king shall decree, bless thy soul, righteousness shall be. Show us thy love. Have mercy upon thy soul. Never let me down, no mercy. Have it today, like that Hey, I wanna say thank you for the time and the love what you share All the help and the effort just for getting me there And everyone turned the back, you showed me how much you care You believe in me, never forget it, I swear I'll always be strong, my character defined me I will never be the hateful and throw stones behind me Temptation and ego can get you so wrong A lot of people easily forget where they're coming from I'm so grateful for all you have done And then he appeared on this one in 2019 Holy Mountain Album title Father Assad, Father of Assad. And then he appeared on this one, 2022, These Streets Know My Name. Another one. DJ Kelly. 
alien bodies I steer with the matic and do play with the bodies And door and be tallied, never believe in us cadid That's why we roll it chapstick, something long like a map stick Shooter do they no practice, expert shooter them mavericks With the broom them a brandies, fire and atmis How we have the calish, I keep give them boy they are nappy I be able them god see, what I do wait for don't call me Reggae star Sizzler Kalanji destroyed two plaques presented to him in commemoration of American producer DJ Khaled's Recording Industry Association of Jamaica RIAA Platinum Certification for the albums Grateful and Father of Assad, on which the Jamaican is featured. In an Instagram Live on Thursday morning, which has since been posted to his news feed on the social media platform, Sizzler is seen wrecking and then torching the broken remnants of the plaques. You insult me, DJ Khaled Manawayado, Sizzler said. As he tore a photo of DJ Khaled's son, Assad, from the plaque certifying double platinum sales of the rapper's Grateful album and placed it carefully on a wall, he said, babies are innocent. People in the background chanted, Holy Manuel One, King Selassie I, while the na-apologized DJ continued to pull the plaque apart. Not even me near me can this, Sizzler grumbled. Someone off camera shine, chimed in and said, You need magnifying glass for Siddharth. Sizzler contributed a verse to the I'm So Grateful single on the album, Grateful. Grateful is Khaled's highest career first week sales to date. It debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 with 149,000 album equivalent units, of which 50,000 were pure album sales. The Platinum Certification was introduced in 1976 for the sale of 1 million units for albums and 2 million for singles. Other Jamaican DJs also received plaques for their contributions to DJ Khaled's albums, but they have not weighed in on the matter. Grateful with no, at, no gratitude, a whole heap of years, dada a boss Khaled, someone in the background of Sizzler's Instagram Live said. Sizzler had also destroyed another plaque for the platinum-selling album, Father of Assad. The 15-track project featured Jamaican superstars Buja Banton, Sizzler Kalanji, and Movado, who teamed up with the rapper 070 Shake for Holy Mountain. The Solid as a Rock artist removed another image of Assad from that plaque and placed it beside the first photo of Khaled's son that he removed from the other one. Then Sizzler created a pyre with 
even the shipping company's packaging, doused it with a flammable liquid, and torched it. You insult the DJ, Khaled, a man is heard saying off camera. Sizzler and DJ Khaled have always had a great relationship, and the rapper has visited the DJ at his Judgment Yard base in Augustown, St. Andrew, on several occasions. On one of his more recent trips to Jamaica, DJ Khaled shared clips on social media of himself, connecting with fans and spending time with Bujabantan, Sizzler, Capleton, and Bounty Killer. Sizzler appeared on These Streets Know My Name, a posse-cut from DJ Khaled's 13th studio album, God Did, which also featured Skilly Bang, Bujabantan, Capleton, and Bounty Killer. Social media users have reacted to Sizzler's post. One said, this is total madness. Others agreed with Sizzler's actions, with one user writing, everyday fire, bondem fireman, Sizzler na beg no boy, no, none him na apologize. So I have looked at many comments on social media, and many people are not pleased with Sizzler's approach. Many people from the international scene are not pleased with his approach, just as many are not, are not pleased out of Jamaica and Jamaicans across the world. Then, of course, you have the other side of the fence saying, yes, I'm right, a long time, I'm a culture vulture. I'm confused. So here is the problem, Javette. What was, yeah, what was said? I don't, I don't the get problem, it. The plaque, nothing was said. That's the, the plaque. The plaque does, that has only, it doesn't show Scissors. You can't see Scissors' name on the plaque. But it's here, DJ Khaled. But whose album is it? It's DJ Khaled's album, so I Thank don't understand you. what's happening. No, hold on, Rosolo. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The plaque is not made by DJ Khaled. Any plaque that an artist receives, it's not made by them. It is made by the body that um, governs the music industry, right? Nothing, plaque, DJ can have nothing to do with the plaque. Now, if you ask me, the only big name on the album that you can see easily is DJ Khaled. Uh, there are other artists who are of higher, um, what's the right word? <sighs> Yeah, there are other artists. Oh, I never want to understand that. I was thinking of that, but no, I don't want to put him down. But um, humble yourself, Sizzler. H humble yourself. In the scope of, in the grand scheme of things, you are not all that on the album. And I'm, I'll, I'll just say it that way. Now, if you had an issue with the man, what should you have done? You know, take up the phone and call the man. But anyway, me don't talk. So. Um, for him being in the business so much years, so, so much years, I'm wondering if this is the first plaque because um, <laughs> I, 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 I used to work at a studio in New York, um, and th this guy passed away. His name is Philip Smart, and legendary engineer. And they got several plaques, and um, they had discrepancy with plaques sometimes, wrong spelling a name and stuff like that. And all they did was call the people them and tell them that you know the name incorrect or whatever and and they are the new plaques for them 
So I'm wondering if it's um, lack of education or something that he didn't know or something else is going on because all I'm have to do is take out the phone and call, call it and say my name too small and um, <laughs> him want it bigger, order me a new plaque. It is that simple. So I'm, I, I'm confused. Like, what is going on? Is it something else going on? Because that's a quick fix. Or Absolutely. probably him hype on something else. I don't know. Him get up on the wrong side. Or something else is going on. There's no way it could just be him name too small. That's, that's an easy fix. Especially for somebody in the business for so long, he should have known. Just make a call. Order me a new plaque. Yeah, this me. Order me a new plaque, Bridget. When we come to Jamaica, we smoke and drink something. Done. <laughs> Thank you, Dre. Go ahead, Rosolo. I'm sorry. I know I cut you off earlier, Rosolo. Oh, you're fine. You said it. No, no, no. You're fine. You said it much calmer than I would have. But, you know, you said the same thing I was going to say. It's not Khaled that made the plaque. And to Dre's point, I've been with um, Patrice Roberts and, and, and Drew got the toxic plaque. And I've been at Stevens, who was the producer. And the, the plaque came and said, Patrick. And Patrice is on the phone with you, Stephen, and she's upset, but it was literally like, we're just going to call the people and have them fix the name. Not to mention, as you said before, it's not Sizzla's album. So why would his name be large on the plaque? The, uh, the plaque is the image of the album. I'm, I'm starting to think it's not just about the plaque. I think so, too. I agree with Dre. It looks crazy if it's just about the plaque and he's doing all of this. I'm wondering if there's some financial splits that are not done accurately if there's some credits that he didn't get like it has to be something else oh boy so alice morning morning naturalist go right ahead you go ahead before me since is one of the most intelligent um artists we have period had or that have we, that we have that okay. we have not had that we have okay and I, and I do believe that this is more than just about, about the plaque, because I'm pretty sure this is that Sizzler's first um I don't think it's, it's his first um platinum um uh plaque. Uh but uh, I think if he had if he had another platinum plaque, he should have given some example of what it should look like. Mm-hmm. Um but but people have always accused um Canada of taking folks' work, not just Jamaicans, but even a lot of Americans of taking their beef. What what is Khaled? He's, he's a, a DJ. He's he's not, he's not a singer. He, he used to be a, he used to be a DJ, but yet still he has all his albums. And he's always using other folks and he's always been accused of not giving them the right um the right royalties for their work. So I think it's a money issue and not necessarily a plaque issue. But I love the fact that says that took the baby off the plaque and says the babies are innocent. Yeah. Right there. For me, he could have burned the whole, if it was me, burn the whole thing, burn my picnic to burn everything no, to do with me. Burn I, everything I for doing it because he already disrespected, right? I, um but hold on the natural. So I'm looking at the credits for the songs. He's listed, everybody is listed on there that performs on the various songs. But go ahead, naturalist. Sorry. Now I'll just say if he had burned the child, I would have been I would have been very upset. Because as I said, the kids are innocent. So like, uh, you know what, but you know what, even if they're not the one that, 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 if that is customary, that is done the way it's done, I think maybe the, the folks that put this in together, in the future, we say, you know what, let's put these other artists' name a little bit bigger, so when the kids walk by the production and see their parents' name, that oh my God, my dad got a platinum, you don't got to like search with a 
binoculars, uh, you know, just to see where, where, where your name is at. So maybe that is something that can actually change uh, in the future. Okay. Can I ask a question? Yes, go right ahead, Javette. Because I heard, um, I don't remember who said it, that Khaled is not responsible for the design. He's not. Me, I'm not said it. I'm not in the music industry, but shouldn't he be? Shouldn't he have a say on the design? I just want to throw that out there. I don't know if artists have ever had a say on the design. I don't know that they ever have. I really don't know that they ever have. Now, over the years, artists that have done collabs and it's not their album, I've never heard anybody complain to them name too small. Never heard anybody complain. They are grateful that they are were able to be a part of the project. And in being a part of the project, they are getting a check and they're going to continue to get residuals, right? Now, nobody is perfect. But it's a Khaled, I must say this. And um, yes, we call, people call him a culture vulture. But did he have to put any dancehall artist on any of his albums? No, he didn't. But he always talks about Jamaica and the love he has for Jamaica. He talks about his start in Jamaica. He looks at Jamaica as his home. Sometimes he referred to himself as a Jamaican. Right? That's number one. Number two, on a business sense. To me, this was a level of ignorance that was displayed. And if he's intelligent as he is said to be, where is your emotional intelligence on how to deal with things? Now, if any other artist outside of Jamaica takes a stance and say, you know, something I want to work with them people and they look like them as a bag of ignorance. And you can, can you blame them? No. You can't because here is someone who is held in high esteem as a representation of the culture of Jamaica behaving this way. And it leads to a deeper issue that we have. The inability to settle conflicts amicably, respectfully, decently. Now, if there is a deeper issue at the bottom of this, you and the man sit on eat on a sit on and break bread. Have a conversation with the man. Pick up the phone and call the man. Say, listen, when you come back to Jamaica, I want to have a conversation with you. Something. Or say something on the phone. You don't bring everything to social media. And how ironic that whilst you're burning the items, the wall behind the fire states, no hate. <laughs> I thought Rastas were peaceful people and knew how to deal with things in a peaceful way. Right? That's what I thought. The next thing. <sighs> you remember when DJ Khaled was a part of Terror Squad? Hmm? Who remembers that? And they did him wrong? They parted ways. 
And who had to go back crawling to DJ Khaled? Terror Squad. He used to be a part of Cash Money, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. That part, Cash I forgot Money about that. I forgot about that. Birdman and all them people did him dirty. Okay. But and it was Rick Ross who helped him get out of that situation. God did. <laughs> God too. <laughs> who gonna have the last laugh? Khaled will. So everybody who goes for him, he rises above them. And he has forgiven cash money because he has worked with them again. He has forgiven Terror Squad because he has worked with them again. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. He just needs to be careful that he's not doing to anybody else what was done to him. That's it. Because a lot of time in our rise to success, we do things that seems quite standard on that rise because other people are doing it. And you're going to secure your bag, but you also want to make sure that you're not doing the same thing to somebody else because you may be doing it indirectly because a lot of these people, they don't necessarily make decisions for themselves. They'll sign something to agree to it, but they have a whole team that's ultimately, you know, coming up with the ideas and making certain decisions and advising them of what to do with this decision. So he needs to make sure that nobody within his team did something that could have probably offended mm-hmm. this guy and then cause all this other stuff to basically the fallout from it all. Great so there's point. some moving parts. We just, a lot of times we don't know. And a lot of times they don't know. Like they'll tell you once IRS comes to them and they owe all these taxes, <laughs> like in the case of Fat Joe, all of a sudden they didn't know. Mm-hmm. They owe this money. Um, excuse me, sir. You're out here buying all kind of cars and houses. You need to check about the taxes too, because then people want their shit. <laughs> Thank you. It's kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you for that point. Great point. My next. Well, go ahead, naturalist. Go right ahead. Devil's advocate. Well, suppose she's that did all the things that you're 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 saying that he should have done, and then there was no no movement, and this is just his way of getting his frustration out. Well, because because we make, we make it we make it we make it sound like Khalid might be might, might be perfect, but I've learned something. People who are successful, they're not there because they're nice. Mhm. Mhm. That's a valid point too, naturalist. Great perspective, and I agree. I'm not saying he's perfect at all. Everybody is flawed in some way. Everybody's. Go ahead, Dre. You were gonna say something. Dre? Yeah, I was going to say, if they have any discrepancy, social media is not the way to, to go about it. If you, if you try to reach out to him um, and you can't get to him, you're, you're all in the same industry. Eventually, you will see him, so you can't wait it out. Um, if it's a money issue, a lawyer, just deal with things on a business level. The social media um, thing, it, it, it just don't look good. And overall, that's why sometimes the least talented people will be more successful than the one that have most of the talent because sometimes people just rather deal with them because they're easier to deal with. They, they, they do business better. Like, 
you know, they always talk about Shaggy and Sean Paul it is their complexion or whatever, but honestly, they deal with business better. Mm-hmm. You never see Sean Paul or Shaggy um, deal with the discrepancy like that burning and all kind of something, you know? Um, you deal with certain DJ. You have to deal with them and ten gunmen behind them and all kind of thing. People have no time. Yeah, you're in the studio with ten gunmen and all kind of something, and you wonder why you're the most talented, but you're not going anywhere. People just don't want to deal with the foolishness what come with you. Facts. So, it's how you go about doing business. If you have certain discrepancy, lawyer up, or. You guys in the same business. When I see you, I see you and I talk to you and see if we can squash it out. My caller, how long? No, me see him Why not answer my call? You know you owe me. You know? When right. I see you, I see you. Yeah. But the social media display, I'm very. No, no. And uh, as Javed says, Dre, social media exasperates the situation. But let me ask a question. When he was to do the collab the collab sorry of the three on the three albums i'm so he did this song i'm so grateful 2017 holy mountain 2019 these streets know my name 2022 why wasn't everybody referring to him as a culture vulture and say no i'm not doing a collab with you because you're tea for culture yeah do this yeah do that why was everybody say yes, yes, and we hype up behind him? Yeah, man, it's a good look and ray and tear. We carry on and big up Khalid for this. But as soon as something doesn't ma- match up, we're ready to condemn and desecrate and burn them out and all of this. Do we even have a mind of our own? So why don't other, my recommendation then is no Jamaican should work with anybody outside of Jamaica. If you're not a Jamaican artist, not work with them. That, that's what I'm going to say. That's what I would recommend. That's flawed. <laughs> that's what I would recommend because on a big up the thing when, it, when it's an international thing and then something go wrong, everybody are condemned the international people. Come on, man. I think we can approach things differently. Am I saying, I don't, and and as you all pointed out, something must have happened. It can't be this, but at this damn said because I'm busy going through social media, from TikTok to IG on the internet. I said, no, man, it has to be more than this. I can't name alone. Could not be the name alone. Kind of like the Haitian Jamaican thing that's going on. But the reason the girl said what she said, because one Jamaican woman take care of man. I said, no, I said, no, man. No, 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 no. There has got to be more than this going on. What's wrong with us? You know, <clears throat> I always say that we cannot tell a person how for how to react when somebody do them wrong. If somebody box you, you look a boxer box, I can walk away. It's up to you how you decide to uh, react to that to um, what that person have, have done to you. Mm-hmm. So I know that sometimes you know we sit in we sit in the high chair and we say yes they should do this or they, or they should do that. Mm-hmm. And but when you're in a situation, uh, it's a total different um, mindset. As we say, we probably need some more clarity from Sizzler 
for what happened because now he's looking like the the, the bad guy when maybe he's not. Facts. But I we need some more, some, some more clarity. Facts. But naturalists, I understand that you can't tell someone how to react. But if we're having conversations about emotional intelligence and we're trying to train up our kids to not react a certain way, it, it, it can't be one or the other. I, I know that I can't tell someone that I didn't hurt you because what if you're feeling hurt, you're feeling hurt. I can't say, no, that doesn't happen. But how you react to something, yeah. Because if not, we'll just have a world of people just reacting. And it may not be in the best way. But stick up in one second. I just I was scrolling through, some, through something here. Look at this. The same day that Sizzler is there burning his things, right? He's in Saudi Arabia, right? He's in Saudi Arabia. He steps outside of his vehicle. A Jamaican fan is standing there holding the Jamaica flag. DJ Khaled asked the fan to spread the flag, flag and said to his team, Jamaica in Saudi Arabia, this is worldwide love. We represent one love all over the world. While he's being desecrated, he's still bigging up the country, bigging up the culture, all the way around the other side of the world. You have to make sure that person is not planted there too, because there's a lot of... PR stunts that people pull. While it could be genuine, sometimes you have to question that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm, I don't know. Um, I understand what you're saying, naturalist, that you can't tell a person how to react. I get that. But Javette made a very valid point. We can't be hypocrites with telling or children one thing but we're doing another we're not displaying the said behaviors that we're trying to say they should be depicting given a certain situation where emotional intelligence comes into play you know um do, do i see it backfiring to some degree yes no i'm not saying either that we allow ourselves to be treated any and any way. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. But there needs to be diplomacy. There needs to be diplomacy when diplomacy can be um, showcased. And a lot of times, unfortunately, I have seen too many of us Jamaicans we fly off the handle quicker clock. And it's after the dust settles. That's when we have clarity. And that, that is when some are able to say, boy, I'm really never forgotten. So, you know, yeah, you know, I chew, you know, I should do that. Sometimes it's not until we're hit with some really serious repercussion that we say, boy, ooh, yeah, shoulda. Shoulda never do it that way. You know? Look at what happened. Let's go back. Do you remember when the pandemic just came upon us and everything was done on um, IG Lives? Remember when they had the, you know, Jamaica changed the trajectory when it came to Versus. You remember that? And the Sunday after the, yeah, the next day was a Sunday. But the Versus was a Saturday, if my memory serves me right. And... Uh, 
the Sunday, Matahan, Mirja Hyper, going pan Swiss beats. Now, Swiss beats know the both of them. Mirja hmm. Hyper had to low life for a while, lay low for a while. He put his foot in his mouth. You know the people, them. It's not like him, and him not know them personally, you know. You know them. Matahan know them. I mean, I talk no way, you just don't off them. You know them. Where you can have conversation with them. So it seems to be a part of our culture to just load up a thing every time without exercising common sense. Without thinking things through. Is that something we should continue to condone? Let us look at the seriousness of that type of um, reaction. Yesterday we spoke about the, the William Nib High School. Was it yesterday? or Well, this week we spoke about the William Nib High School student out of Trelawney in Jamaica who has to go to jail for four years and some months for murder because he stabbed another one over a guard ring right we heard about the two girls at the school one dead one in jail at the school in kingston over a man we hear about countless things resulting in death when these things had people practice had the persons practice emotional intelligence and just counter ten backwards and calm down and not deal with things when they're heated and upset people would be alive today so when do we draw the line and say, you know something, we really need to change our outlook? Or do we continue to accept the behavior? Well, come out that, come out that. It is what it is. People dead, people dead. I just say, God. Many wars around the world were started back in the day because of the lack of emotional intelligence. And in a day and age where we talk about, um, I think, Alison, you mentioned it, we talk about mental health. This comes under the umbrella. I don't know. Um, but you know. <laughs> go ahead, Marlon. Good, good morning. I just thought my my issue I have now with that is a lot of people of Sizzler, a lot of stupid people of Sizzler, and I believe he just put Khaled family in danger. Because some somebody stupid gonna feel like he disrespects Sizzler and trying to do something to him. Because yeah, we have a lot of ignorant Jamaicans and stupid Jamaicans. We say, "Boy, you disrespect me, DJ, me singer, whatever." They got me, got do something to you. So at the end of the day, we really need to think about what we're doing, because we know Jamaicans. Some of us are very ignorant. And we take things in our own hand and, and trying to hurt people for somebody else. So I think Sizzler just put Khaled family in danger. That's my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. And so he could hang it a different way. Because you know the type of people you're flexing with and you're dealing with. You cannot put people's life in danger and put people's family in danger. Because he knows some Jamaicans now have no sense. Holy so dogs. that's my that's how that's what I have to say. 
So in the chat, Javed said, and you can see he had sense because he said the baby is not a part of this. So he was cognizant of his baby. Oh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. It has, you know, the more I think about it, it really has to be more than the name. Because if it's the name, brethren, if it's the name, I see you in a different way. I love Sizzler's music. I like his music. I do. I listen to his songs. But Sizzler, the person, and look at him a different way. And he leads a troop of people. people have him followers, them, Marlon. As you say, he has his followers. Some, some sensible, some not so sensible. And you're right. The not so sensible one, the fully dance one, them. God is to tell no how they will react. So how do we move forward? What is the message that we should get out of all of this? Hmm? What is the message? What do we tell people who are going to work with people outside of Jamaica on the international scene? What do we tell them? It's not their project. They're just, uh, they're just getting a little shine on the project. What do we tell them? What are things we want them to make sure happen then before they move forward? My thing is stop being hypocrites. Stop calling people culture vultures, but yet when you, it's time to do a collab, you're, you're happy and nobody no bigger than uno and uno, all of us social media and I carry on the most and uno excited and think no tell the people them no I don't want to be anything because you're a culture vulture uno always a tech with music and I make money and fight and we not get nothing be, be real about it and walk away from it and spare yourself all of this happening and stay in your bubble stay in your bubble Right? That's what I would say. You know, it's for me, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put <laughs> So we all, it's like a networking thing for me. There may be people that have never heard, and I'm just throwing it out here, but I know it's not, I hope it's not the truth, that never knew who Sizzler was, right? So he joined Khaled, and now people are looking him up. Mm-hmm. Want to purchase his records. Want to follow him on social media. Hmm. This just may have changed that. And I do feel, like you said, if you if people feel that he is exploiting, why did you join him in the first place? Facts. And if you joined him in the first place and he did something against you, follow everything that we just said. Yeah. Follow everything that was just said. That, that's all I can say as far as how we can fix this. But you right now might have messed up your notoriety. And even me, I love me some Sizzler. But, I mean, 
And then on the other side, you have to say sometimes people just have a break, like DJ Naturalist said. True. They just break down and, you know. So I don't even know. I yield. Now, if you don't love season now because you burn a plot, there are way more accusations that you should have um, not liked season far. Let me put the word out there. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, he's a done. Allegedly, he's bringing in into the community. There are there are all kind of accusations about things that should have been you to say. You know what, yo, I, I, hmm. I can't support this guy, but for burning a plaque, that's news to that, me, naturalist. Wow, thank you. I'm learning it something. It, it ain't that serious. <laughs> I, I, I look at it. The man took a stand, says he will never apologize for certain things. And he have not done it, and he's still one of the most recognizable artists in the country, uh, as far as the Jamaican music is concerned. He's still traveling, still doing his thing, and he took a stand and stood by when Beanie Man and all these other artists went and signed the paper. He says, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So the man is not a fool. They're more to the story. And I'm not going to say I don't like Caesar because of this, because he burned a plaque. Are, are you not going to like Vice Cartel or, or Jacure? It's a, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's, a, it, it's a whole different thing out there. So Tesla is good in my book. Fair enough. Fair enough, naturalist. Fair enough. Go ahead, James. Good morning. Morning, morning. Yeah, um, I know Sizzler personally, so this is... There's two Sizzler, right? There's Sizzler, the, the, the artist, which is on a different level. And there's Sizzler, the, the human being, which is on a different level, on a, another spectrum. Like, the whole Don thing and, you know, guns and stuff like that. So, And, and I think it, it, it says volume about our culture because it's no secret in Jamaica the type of person that Sizzler is. And people... People... I don't know, given the benefit of the doubt about, you know, the whole thing with Augustown and the guns and Judgment Yard and all these type of stuff. But, you, you know, so, uh, yeah, it, it says something about our culture and how we, we hug up certain things. Like, we'll, we'll hug up, like, criminality, but then, like, you know, something with, like, you know, LGBTQ rights or whatever, which is on a different spectrum. They're like, okay, people you know, for dead for that, or people are wicked for that, but you can bring as much gun and whatever, and we still love you. But, yeah, like it's, yeah, Sizzler. And and it's not just Sizzler. A lot of the artists in Jamaica, it's, they're, they're, it's two different sides. The genius with music, um, the type of songs that you, your spiritual type of songs that, that they write, and then the lifestyle, which is different. So, yeah, no, this is Sizzler. This is him. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, boy. Um, well, um, to your point, naturalist, I'm going to wait for more to come out. I hope there is more. I really hope there is more. I think I'll feel better if there is more to the story. I honestly feel so. Yeah. 
And you don't have to like the person to love their music. <laughs> yeah. Ah, um, I don't know. Could have handled it differently. That's all I'm going to say. And I will say to other artists in Jamaica looking on, do not use this behavior as a measuring stick of as to how you move forward. Do not let this be, okay, yeah, 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 some of you deal with things, man. Some, no. No. This is not how you deal with things. I'm sorry. This is not a good example of how you deal with things. Humble calf sucks the most milk, something my father always used to say. How you manage situations, how you react in certain situations can determine what happens in the long run. Sometimes it is best to deal with things calm, level-headed, and then reap greater benefits later on. Because you don't know what can be said to somebody else, not necessarily, not necessarily Khaled, but somebody else looking on me and say, boy, I'm a respect all that man I did handle the situation. And all. Yeah, man, go and go work with him and all, blah, blah, blah. Or other doors may be opened up for you based on your attitude. How many times, and I think I've said it here before, but how many times have we seen circumstances or situations where it is not the degree or your level of expertise that gets you somewhere? A lot of times it boils down to your character, your attitude, your composure. That can propel you to places far greater than what a degree can do for you. There are so many people who have degrees and can't make it anywhere because their attitude. They may get in the door and then they're stuck or they have to head right back out the door. And never you think of yourself bigger than anybody else. Move in humility. That too can work in your favor exponentially. You'd be surprised. Right? Just saying. Just saying. Because the sad part is there are others who are going to feel that that is how we respond. There are a lot of people, young people, who are easily impressed. Yeah, man, a big man thing. I saw you deal with a thing, man. Yeah, right, that's so. Well, I will say this, uh, Javette. There are a lot of people definitely looking him up now because he has made every tabloid, I believe, throughout the world. The whole incident has gone global. And he may have done a greater favor for Khaled. <laughs> he just may have you know another thing that I want to mention as it relates to our culture, our music there are play people in the world where they have never heard about any other artist but Bob Marley you see from Jamaica, huh? 
You said Bob Marley. Oh, 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 okay. You said Jamaica, huh? You said Usain Bolt. Oh, 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 okay. And there are a few other things. You said Jamaica, them look for you, huh? But you said Ocho Rios. Them said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Think about that. The other thing that I want to mention is that there are some DJs that never played dance hall music until they were affiliated with a Jamaican artist. Or, right, let me put, correct that. They were never played the um, dance hall or reggae until there was an affiliation with Khaled or a Shaggy. Or a Sean Paul. Right? Think about that too. And I'm done speaking. Our final story. Out of Caribbean Corner. JCF targets 30 US based individuals. Influencing crime in Jamaica. Story courtesy of Jamaica.LootNews.com. 30 individuals who reside in the United States who continue to influence crime and violence in Jamaica are on a target list of the Jamaica Constabulary Force. This was revealed on Tuesday by the Commissioner of Police, Major General Anthony Anderson, during a press briefing at Jamaica House, where Prime Minister Andrew Holness announced the declaration of states of emergency in eight parishes. Anderson said these individuals are in addition to over 300 violence producers locally for whom the JCF has prepared intelligence packages and is actively building cases against them. The commissioner had first mentioned the 300 individuals on November 15 when an earlier round of SOEs was declared for seven parishes. He said then that those persons were the main targets of the SOEs. On Tuesday, the top cops sought to clarify that SOEs are not solely focused on the 300 individuals for whom the police have built files. As the Prime Minister says, we're also working with our overseas partners on some of this. We have a target list of 30 who reside in the U.S. who we're doing some work on. Those who are over there who believe that they are supporting violence and crime in Jamaica and they are doing so without anybody paying any attention to them are sorely mistaken, the commissioner added. He said that along with our partners, I'll deal with that aspect of things also. While admitting that persons who were picked up during the SOEs of November 15 to 29 were released except for a few who were charged, Anderson said the SOEs were not just about detention. There are a suite of operations that take place under a state of public emergency that disrupt, that cause persons to make different decisions and choices, and who are in the criminal underworld, and also those who we know that are significant violence producers to bring them in. He stressed that it's not only 300 people. We, take, we have taken some 700 guns off the road so far, and people are still out there shooting. Yep, the Prime Minister warned those overseas that he was serious about bringing an end to their criminal activities. You're overseas and you're sponsoring, directing, soliciting, or financing crime in Jamaica. We're going to get you. Oh, boy. Um, good. Clean up. Our name is tarnished. 
and we need to restore our good name because ultimately at the core of it all, I do believe we are a loving people, kind people, people with a heart. So let's get back to that. And I'm not saying you're going to be able to eliminate everybody, but if we can crack down on the factors, yes, let's do so. All right, and those are stories out of the Caribbean corner. We have more news coming up for you and more discussion right after another quick music break. So me go so then Bongsa girl, she na in a year class Them girl, they no pretty when them in a short shots Looking at the mirror and them brought the glass When, when you see them, you feel one Hot girl, you hot from your van And you know I hear close, you are one Bring the alarm Take the dance floor and perform Girl, Siri Come me like them never did When time pretty looks the doggy way Hear what me I say Muggle pan them cause you hot in every way, girl Bounce a girl, she no more than ya Skin smooth, we no see no sore pa ya And no boy can't lock no door pa ya And you know, so nobody can't program ya Girlfriend, me no see no stress pan ya And no silicone on your real chest pan ya Bring your baby where God bless pan ya You no carry me the rest pan ya When you see them, you see one Hot girl, you hot from your van And you know, your clothes, you are one Take the dance floor and perform Girl, Siri Come me like them never did When time pretty looks the doggy way Hear what me I say Muggle pan them cause you're hot in every way Girl, girlfriend, walk out panda one Yeah, yeah, some girl scary like iguana yeah, teeth full of mix up like piranha Then a how she has a she flavor Rihanna Drama, dash little dirty water Yeah, some of them can't go in a hair parlor Them life mix up and in a dear pasta Some of them too out of order So when you see them if you want Hot girl you hot from your van And you know why your clothes you are van Bring the alarm Take the dance floor and perform Girl Siri Come me like them never did When time pretty looks the doggy way Hear what me I say Muggle pan them cause you hot in every way girl Bunks girl Thank you to everyone logged on and listening online on QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone for quality music while you work or play. Keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app. J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio. Take us on the go. What a body tick Beg you put your body by me body you so quick Me a fair of it up but me not damage it me just Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse Where the conversation happens I'm Moments with me You're listening to Coffee Intel World News on the go We do this every Monday through Friday 9am to 1pm Eastern This is where I read the news and we share our views You're inside the Friday mix right here on Coffee Intel Gotta have a little fun Get you all ready for the weekend.
up after the music break, we have stories out of North America. Thank you for the song, Tiffa. You have a big bumper, no need to hide it. If you're just tuning in to QMZRadio.com or JohnNoRadio.com, thank you. You're listening to Coffee Into World News on the Go. If you're just joining us on Clubhouse, thank you for coming through. Appreciate you. And it is time for us to get back to business. It's time for stories out of North America. And the first one, new businesses in West Hollywood must have gender-neutral restrooms with multiple stalls. Okay, story courtesy of BallaAlert.com. In West Hollywood, the City Council unanimously approved a measure requiring gender-neutral bathrooms in new construction or renovated businesses. Since 2014, all single-stall restrooms in the city have had to display the gender-neutral label. However, this is the first time the requirement has extended to new multi-stall facilities. I noticed in my conversations that the multi-stall gender-neutral bathrooms are kind of the future, said council member John Erickson. It's easier. Going to the bathroom should just be going to the bathroom. Current businesses will not be affected by the new measure, which takes effect on January 1, unless they undergo significant renovations. Recently, Discussions about who uses public restrooms have grown significantly in popularity in West Hollywood. According to Erickson, er ensuring everyone feels safe using public restrooms should always be the top priority. Data shows that no crimes have been reported in West Hollywood's gender-neutral bathrooms, and Erickson contends that right-wing fear-mongering is to blame for any pushback. This is about going to the, ba- to the bathroom at the end of the day, he said. If we allow science and data to rule our decision, then we know that multi-stall gender-neutral bathrooms are not only safe, 
but the future for the world and the country. All right, follow me a little slow here. I just want to make sure I'm understanding. When I go into the ladies' restroom and you have three or four stalls in there, does it mean that one of those stalls has to be gender neutral? Or is it that you're going to have a separate closet? You know, when you go to, for example, you go to the mall, you have male restroom, female restroom, and then you have like the family restroom. So let's remove the family sign. Is the sign there going to be gender neutral? That's all I want clarity on. No. Good morning. Good. What that means is there will be one bathroom or several bathrooms that can accommodate everyone. Huh? There's no separation of male or female. It is gender neutral. You see a toilet, use a toilet. There should be no sign that says male on it. There's no sign that says female on it. There's a triangle. That means anyone can use this bathroom. And let me just say, I went into one of them. I was in a club and I was not comfortable coming out the bathroom and having a man at the sink next to me. I'm just saying that. Mm. And y'all know men, but I was not comfortable knowing that there was a man in the bathroom the same time I was. Yeah, the, you know my views on this already. This is like the biggest joke ever. Like, it's like creating a problem where there was no problem before. That's what happened. Because if you, anyone that lives in North America, like any major city or whatever, you go to the mall, there's always a family washroom, male and female. Um, if, you don't, if you don't identify as anything or whatever, nobody's stopping you from going to the family washroom, whether you're male, female, transgender, um, non-binary, whatever, the family washroom is there for anyone to, to, to go in there. Like, if, if, they, if they took the approach and said, because normally the family washroom is like a one door, you go in and you lock the door. I can understand if they say, you know what, um, on the new building code, let's make the family washroom um, similar to how we make the male and the female. You go in and there are different stalls. I would understand that. But, like, this is just ridiculous because just to assume that everybody is going to be comfortable, like, as a man, I'm going to be comfortable going into a washroom um, at the same time with, with, with a woman, and a woman is going to be comfortable. It's like creating a problem where there was no problem before. There was no problem before because there's always a family washroom in North America. It's not like a third world country where they're like small, um, whatever. Like if you go into a restaurant um, and there's like small washrooms, like most restaurants now in North America have male and female. If you go into some small town and there's a, a, a one stall, it already accommodates whatever gender you are. You go in like a gas station, you go in and you lock the door. So yeah, this is it. And, 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 and to me, like you see, when, when you have power and you abuse power, you know, a cycle will come around where, because they, they're going to upset a lot of people who see this as one of the issues, as, as like, this, this should not have been an issue in the first place. Like, for people who said, you know, we understand safety, we understand rights, we understand 
all of that. But creating an issue where you're going to make other people uncomfortable now, this is going to get a lot of, like, um, you know, the, the conservative people, and they're going to push back in a, in, a, in, a, in a vicious way. And this is what I don't like, because this was not an issue. Hey, good morning, everyone. Sorry, go ahead. No, Kevin, your choice. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, please. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you, James. Um, and I had an experience too. I was at an institution working um, late one night, and this was in the height of the uh, Me Too movement, right? And uh, I saw the sign on the bathroom. I came out of where I was, and I was looking for the bathroom. I saw the sign, and I was a little bit taken aback. I was like, who can I ask if it's okay? Because the conversation about um, non-binary um, LGBTQ was not as prevalent at the time. And my thought was, at this time of the night, if I go into this bathroom now, and a woman comes in there and say I made her feel uncomfortable, it's a problem for me. So what I did, I took the walk, of like three, four blocks, and I went to our restaurant and used the restroom there. Because, I mean, I can see this, this causing a lot of problems, you know? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm all for people to have their rights, but uh, I think things like these are, are going to be a consequence of that. And I'm done speaking. Got it. What I wanted to say was this is a statute being adapted in this city, very small city of West Hollywood, California. This is not a federal mandate. This is not a universal mandate. And you still, just like I said, he made a choice to find a bathroom that was designated male. It's just a bathroom. It's just bathrooms in a small town. So no one has to go do that. The older buildings will not have to make all their bathrooms um, gender neutral. New buildings will. But again, it's just West Hollywood, California, which is a very big gay city. I'm done speaking. Senator, I'm oh. going to push back. Hold on, James. Let Prezi go. I don't want your pushback. You can keep it. Thank you. <laughs> go, Prezi. No, I was about to say, I mean, even... <clears throat> I mean, I, I, to Sarin's point, in the sense where um, we're saying that it's only in West Hollywood, um, I think that the, the, the concern is, you know, what would essentially evolve over time. So, you know, it can essentially be in West, Wally, West Hollywood, um, you know, at this point in time. But, um, you know, things and, and policies and regulation tend, you know, and some of these rights tend to trickle down um, you know, after some time, uh, you know, and that's something we're very familiar with. So I guess for some who, you know, have experienced, you know, that concern or have that, you know, that concern, um, <clears throat> I think it's, you know, it, it, it would be, it would make sense to look at, you know, just the long-term um, effects of it. Um, and that, you know, even though it's, it's prominently in West Hollywood, West Hollywood, you know, that would eventually find its way, 
you know, in other um, states as well. So that's just a point that um, I just want to add. Thank you, President. Yes, so President, that's that's exactly what I was going to say because what I realized, like for example, in 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 Toronto, because Toronto is one of the most um, LGBTQ friendly cities in the world, and I believe a lot of cities look what's going on, the trend that's going on in Toronto, and they adopt it. So yeah, it it starts in a in a small town or whatever, but eventually it's going to spread. The same way it's spreading in, in, in um, Canada right now, because what's happening in Canada right now, which I mentioned um, a few weeks ago, is that you go to a lot of um, buildings now, and there is the bathroom where they have a sign, a new sign, where they have like a, a half man, half woman on the door. You know, like when you go into the bathroom and you see male, and you see the male, the little black thing there with a the male. The, the sign is at the top of the page. Uh, okay. Yes. Well, well, so no, there's one now with, with um, half man, half woman. So like half of the dress and half of the pants. That it's little black there. figure. Yeah, it's there. It's there? Yeah, it's there. Okay. Yeah. So what's happening now in Toronto is that most of the washrooms, most of the, a lot of buildings, especially like in, in the gay village, um, a lot of those places, all the buildings now are remodeling and they're putting that sign up and removing the other the other two signs so yeah like it starts out in a small town and then it starts spreading and as i said like i mentioned a few weeks ago my wife had the same issue with not being comfortable going into a washroom with a male and so it's yeah it and and i believe that as i said i don't think this was an issue before because living in toronto every building i go into um accommodates like whether you're transgender or or, or non-binary or whatever and every building since i've been in canada every building have accommodation for them the only thing now this is like a, a promotion so now they're moving the male and female signs and you're putting up half and half um half male half female which i don't know why so that's the problem that i'm having with it all right so our next story, ex-Border Patrol agent convicted of killing four women in Texas. Story courtesy of NPR.org. A former Border Patrol agent who confessed to killing four sex workers in 2018 was convicted on Wednesday of capital murder after jurors heard recordings of him telling investigators he was trying to clean up the streets of his South Texas hometown. Juan David Ortiz, 39, receives an automatic sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole because prosecutors decided not to seek the death penalty. Ortiz, a Border Patrol Intel supervisor at the time of his arrest, was accused of killing Melissa Ramirez, 29, Claudine Anluera, 42, Guiselda Alicia Cantu, 35, and Janelle Ortiz, 28. Their bodies were found along roads on the outskirts of Laredo in uh, September 2018. During the trial that began last week, uh, jurors heard Ortiz's confession during a lengthy taped interview with investigators. Ortiz told investigators he had been a customer of most of the women, but he also expressed disdain for sex workers, referring to them as trash and so dirty and insisting he wanted to clean up the streets. He said the monster would come out as he drove along a stretch of street in Laredo frequented by the women. 
Following the verdict, family members of the victims faced Ortiz to give them their statements. Ramirez's sister-in-law, Gracie Perez, said she was a loving, kind, and funny person. She told Ortiz that the hearts of Ramirez's children are now broken. Defense attorneys said Ortiz was improperly induced to make the confession and that it should not be considered. Defense attorney Joel Perez argued that Ortiz, a Navy veteran who had been deployed to Iraq, was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, had been suffering from insomnia, nightmares and headaches and was medicated and had been drinking that night. Prosecutors told jurors it was a legal confession provided by an educated senior law enforcement official who was not having a mental breakdown. Erica Pena testified that Ortiz picked up her son on the evening. I'm sorry. Erica Pena testified that Ortiz picked her up on the evening of September 14, 2018, and that she had got a bad feeling when he told her he was the next to last person to have sex with Ramirez, whose body had been found a week earlier. She testified that he told her he was worried investigators would find his DNA on the body. You want to clean up? Hmm? You want to clean up? That's not how you clean up. If what they're doing is illegal, you ask the police to clean get them off the streets, you know, whatever. But you don't go around killing people. If that's their choice to be a prostitute, that's their choice. Who are you to be judge and jury? Hmm? Who are you? You don't need to see the light today. Have fun in jail. Being somebody's prostitute, by the way. Indiana files lawsuits against TikTok over child safety and data security concerns. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. The state of Indiana is suing TikTok in a string of lawsuits over child safety and data security concerns. According to the New York Times, Indiana is accusing the app of not protecting underaged users from mature content. The state also claims the social media app is deceiving the public about its data protection. On Wednesday, Attorney General Todd Rokita mentioned the growing concerns about TikTok's potential threat to the nation's security. The TikTok app is a malicious and menacing threat unleashed on unsuspecting Indiana consumers by a Chinese company that knows full well the harms it inflicts on the users. With this pair of lawsuits, we hope to take Force, or we hope to force TikTok to stop its false, deceptive, and misleading practices which violate Indiana law. The first lawsuit states the influence TikTok has on underage users. The suit claims the app has violated Indiana's consumer protection laws by misrepresenting itself as an appropriate outlet for individuals 12 and older. In the second lawsuit, Indiana claims TikTok is misleading consumers to believe that their information is protected from the Chinese government. However, the app has repeatedly denied sharing users' data and information with Chinese officials. In multiple ways, TikTok represents a clear and present danger to Hoosiers that is hiding in plain sight in their own pockets. At the very least, the company owes consumers the truth about age appropriateness of its content and the security of the data it collects on users. We hope these lawsuits force TikTok to come clean and change its ways. Indiana's lawsuit comes after several states called for TikTok 
to be banned from government devices. <laughs> I remember a couple weeks ago I was scrolling through TikTok and up pops a video of a young lady with a dildo in her hand uh what's the term what's the the the, the radio appropriate term that you use to describe what she was doing with the dildo i don't know what it is i really don't know what it is but she giving it oral no she was jerking it off i hope i thank you Sinead. she was giving the um the dildo a hand job i'm like hold on a second am i am i on the right is this I never signed up for OnlyFans. I, I haven't gone on there yet. Still have to go over there. I was confused. I'm like, where am I? Where am I? Hold on a second. And I had to close out the app and go back in. I was confused. I have seen things on TikTok that are inappropriate. And I'm sure. I, 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 what puzzled me is that they will block users or take down the content of users when they're trying to educate people about certain things. But yet, anything that is sexual, over-sexualized, um, people in pasties on women with pasties on their boobs and a thong of their ass bend over twerking and you can see the print of everything, those go through. But someone I've seen where people are advertising a bathing suit and they get taken down for nudity. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? I'm a little confused. I'm really confused. So, so do they have a point? Go right ahead, Sinead. No, apparently there is, when, while you're reading the story, I, I, I was curious, is our, what is the age limit for TikTok? Um, and is there are there parental guidance on there and there are indeed so um 13 is where you can start using tiktok and they have different tiers of how much you can see from 13 to 15 and 15 to 16 then 17 to 18 so by that time 17 to 18 you pretty much seen everything but they're supposed to be based on your birth age at the time when you signed up um I, I now have a TikTok account. I very rarely use it. I forget I, it's there on my phone. <laughs> so I've never, I'm not creating anything and I'm not, I'm very, very looking something up. Somebody sends me a link. It's easier to go through and actually see what they're sending me versus um, the, the non-user experience. Anyway, um, a lot of these things, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, in the end, I can have its flaws, right? But I think in this case, I am going to put more on parents as they should be managing their children's account and experience on social media until they feel that their children are at an age where they can manage their own stuff. And, and that's where I'm going to, um, I'm going to, to, to lie. Um, so there, it says something like TikTok account with restrictions by age. At age 13, on, on users under 13, so I guess people can be under 13, um, they can watch videos but can't search for content on them. They can't post their own videos either or have followers 
and their data isn't collected. And now we know that I think it's Kanye West has a child Northwest. Yes. And I do not believe that she's 13 yet. Unless no, I not. just don't. Okay. See, I didn't think she was 13 yet because I'm like, they haven't been married that long. Right. But she has a full account and she posts videos. She also has her, her parent is there. Her, 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 her mom, mother, I'm yeah. her maternal unit is there with her. And she's in these videos. Is she watching every single video that her daughter is posting? Has she seen the content of everything she's done? I don't know. But I think when you have your parental approval, things are, are sicker. People, but we also know that children have had Facebook accounts and they weren't supposed to get them until they were a certain age. Young children is what I mean. So people, they go around and they do their own thing, right? Mm -hmm. But the fact that Indiana is trying to sue a corporation for something, it just sounds crazy to me. Like, shouldn't y'all be looking at your children? But I'm done. You have I'm a done. valid point, um, Sunet. Ultimately, the responsibility is ours, right? We are supposed to take control of what our children have access to. And it's always easy for us to shift the blame to someone else. Isn't that what we're good at? So that's what Indiana is doing. Shifting total responsibility to TikTok and blaming TikTok instead of saying, you know something, while TikTok may want to do a better, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I apologize, while TikTok may want to do a better uh, job at what is allowed on its platform, we also as parents need to do a better job in monitoring our children. If your child, when you pop up, quickly puts the device away or turns it over, or jumps out of whatever it is, you may want to take a closer look at what they're doing. Chances are they're probably looking at something they shouldn't be looking at. Chances are. Right? Not saying they are. I said chances are. So we may want to dig a little deeper. You're paying the phone bill, right? Or you paid for the device. And uh, yes, whilst you're respecting your child's privacy, when I was growing up, there was nothing called privacy. Um, you don't want to come across as invading their space. You know what? You're at all right to do so until they're an adult. Even at my age, when mail pops up at my parents, <laughs> at my parents' home, they're opening that mail. I can't say to them, no, you can't do that. That mail I get open. You don't want me opening your mail? Don't let it come to my house. That, that's what I've been told several times, as old as I am. All right? So we need to take more control. I agree. Thank you, Sunette. Thank you. I agree 100% with you ladies. But I think with the amount of technology that we have, there needs to be a better way to identify the age of a person. Because like Sunette said, baby, you put in an age in the year and they accept you, period. Period, yeah. Some, somehow, some way, someone needs to come up with a better way to identify a person's age and I yield. You know, as you say that, uh, Javette, something came to mind. Um, someone I know who they were recommended to get their blue check mark on Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
the person that was doing the um the work for them to, for them to get a recommendation they had to furnish the um ig account holders uh what you call it id a government id they had to send in uh either a picture of their passport or you know the passport page that shows your um biometrics and or they had to send in a driver's license so to prove that yes they are who they really are to be able to before they could give them the blue check mark that's probably something they should do but then people are going to argue and say no that's exposure of information i don't know that's invasion of privacy what are your thoughts on that how you feel about that measure being put in place i do agree with you um i do agree with you there that we don't want more of our information out there i mean if they can take the information and use it at that moment and then we're sure that they're getting rid of it because there's really no reason to keep it after the fact, mm -hmm. you know, why not? Yeah. So that's, that's the suggestion. Do we have any other suggestions that companies can use, implement? Because it boils down to teamwork, right? Us and them protecting our children. That's what it boils down to. And until then, we just have to do the job, parents, and protect our own, <clears throat> excuse me, protect our own children. Our next story, 9 million people receive incorrect email about their student loan forgiveness applications being approved. Story courtesy of BalaAlert.com. Oh, boy. According to ABC News, over 9 million people received an email notifying them that their student debt relief application was approved. However, the approval email was misleading since Republican-led lawsuits in mid-November halted the student loans under the Biden administration. The email body indicated that lawsuits are preventing the Department of Education from implementing the one-time student loan debt relief program. A final ruling on the program will not be made until late June when the Supreme Court decides, but many borrowers were confused by the subject line. After acknowledging the confusion, the Department of Education told ABC News that borrowers would receive an email soon clarifying the situation and correcting the subject line. Communicating clearly and accurately with borrowers is a top priority of the department. We are in close touch with Accenture Federal Services as they take corrective action to ensure all borrowers and those effective, affected have accurate information about debt relief. That's according to a spokesperson for the, for the Education Debt Department. Uh, so, Javette, does it mean that the letter you, your daughter got is wrong? I'm sorry, I had stepped away. Oh, the, 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 the 9 million people receive incorrect email about their student loan forgiveness applications being approved. Yeah. She's out of town, so I'll let y'all know yeah. when she gets. Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, I got an email, but to me, it was clear. 
um, saying what? Much, it just stated. It just stated that um, they they received my application. It is approved. Um, however, whatever discrepancy they have with what's going on with Congress or whatever, and um, as soon as they clear that up, they will forgive the loan. So they did explain that there's a hold up on everything in the letter. Um, I think probably what people have discrepancy with was how it looked when they received the email. But if you read it, it, it tells you everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank, thank you, um, Dre. Thank you. Well, uh, in our next story, Paul Whelan tells CNN, he is disappointed that more has not been done to secure his release. And um, there's another story that Dre, you sent over to me, which I have in the Believe It or Not segment. I'll probably just go ahead and bring it up after this one. But let's get into this. So this one, courtesy of CNN. Detained American Paul Wieland expressed his frustration that more has not been done to secure his release in an exclusive CNN interview hours after another detained American, Brittany Griner, was freed. Wieland said he was happy that Griner was released, but told CNN, I'm greatly disappointed that more has not been done, especially as the four-year anniversary of my uh, arrest is coming up. Hmm. I was arrested for a crime that never occurred, he said in a phone call from the penal, penal colony where he's being held in a remote part of Russia. And I don't understand why I'm still sitting here. The interview took place shortly after President Joe Biden, standing alongside Griner's wife, Sherelle, at the White House, also expressed regret that the U.S. had not been able to get Whelan out. Biden vowed the U.S. would never give up on him. U.S. officials said the Russians refused to negotiate his release. This was not a situation where we had a choice of which American to bring home. It was a choice between bringing home one particular American, Brittany Griner, or bringing home none. That's according to a U.S. senior administration official on Thursday morning. Whelan said he was promised that he had been he was surprised sorry that he had been left behind i was led to believe that things were moving in the right direction and that the governments were negotiating and that something would happen fairly soon whelan a former marine who is a u.s irish british and canadian citizen was detained at a moscow hotel in december 2018 by russian authorities who alleged he was involved in an intelligence operation he was convicted and sentenced in June 2020 to 16 years in prison in a trial U.S. officials denounced as unfair. U.S. officials have indicated that the Russians refused to release him despite U.S. efforts at negotiations. And when Whelan said he was told that because the Russians have accused him of being a spy, they've put me at a higher level than what they did with Trevor Reed and Brittany. Now, that raises a lot of concerns because none of this is true. And they're trying to get out and they're trying to get out of the United States what the United States may not be able to provide. But this is basically political extortion, he said. He said he was aware that he was considered a different category than Griner. The Russians have always said so. 
They've always considered me to be at a higher level than other criminals of my sort. And for whatever reason, I'm treated differently than, en- than another individual here from a Western country that's also on a charge of espionage. So even though we're both here for espionage, I'm treated much differently. Hmm. Okay, then. But let me just go ahead and jump down to the other story that you sent over to me, uh, Dre. What did I do with it, Dre? <laughs> okay, here it is. Okay, so it was under sports news because I was going to talk about it there. But here it is. Saudi Crown Prince MBS helped negotiate Britney Griner's release. Story courtesy of New York Post. The landmark prison swap that freed WNBA star Brittany Griner from a Russian gulag on Thursday was brokered by none other than the notorious Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. It was really revealed on Thursday. The role of the Crown Prince, widely known as MBS in the sensitive negotiations, was outlined in a joint statement released by the foreign ministers of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. The success of the mediation efforts was a reflection of the mutual and solid friendship between their two countries and the United States of America and the Russian Federation, the two countries wrote. The swap also highlighted the important role played by the leaderships of the two brotherly countries in promoting dialogue between all parties, the statement continued. A White House official declined to elaborate on MBS's role in Griner's release, saying, There are a number of governments and countries that, throughout the horrific ordeal that Britney has been through, we have asked to convey just how serious we are about resolving these cases once and for all. And I'll leave the details out of that. But I would say that we do engage with a wide range of countries so that the Russians hear from a wide range of sources about our commitment to resolving what a priority that is again. President Biden made no mention of the Saudi role in remarks at the White House on Thursday morning, but did single out to the UAE for gratitude for helping us facilitate Britain's return because that's where she landed. Griner 32 was detained, as we know, February 17. We know the whole story. Hmm. She was freed, of course, we know also, in exchange for Victor Bout, the so-called merchant of death. Upon Griner and Bout's respective releases, the two were flown to Abu Dhabi, where they were released into the custody of their home nations. The mediation by the Middle Eastern leaders comes as Biden has come under fire for his cordial relations with the Saudi crown prince, who is said to have ordered the killing of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi. On the campaign trail in 2019, Biden had promised to make Saudi Arabia the pariah that they are. But when the president met with MBS this summer, he gave the crown prince a fist bump, a move that was slammed by Khashoggi's fiancée. Griner's release came days after a federal judge tossed a civil lawsuit against MBS in connection with the Khashoggi killing after the Biden administration said he should be granted head of state immunity. Thank you for sending that one over, Dre. Hmm. (laughs) U.S. 
British, Canadian, Irish citizen. <laughs> Multiple citizenships, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, why didn't Biden say that it was the doing of the Saudis, the negotiation of the Saudi prince that led to the release? Because I was of the opinion that they flew to Abu Dhabi because it was just neutral ground. That, 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 and I'm sure I'm not the only one who thought that way or felt that way. Hmm. So you do something for me, I'll do something for you. So is this his way of saying thank you, Biden, for the immunity that I've been granted? Go right ahead. Um, I think it's bigger than that because when I really look at um, the position that we're in, um, the relationship with Saudi is very important. Not only that MBS and the Saudi have a good relationship with um, Putin and Russia, mm -hmm. which we don't, um, we need a strong ally other than Israel um, in the Middle East. And um, and I think that I think that um, yeah. So we need a strong ally, and and is is like Saudi have us by the balls when it comes to a lot of things. So the relationship him have it with Russia, having a strong ally in the Middle East, I see why he's important to the U.S. Not that I agree, but I could see why they not pushing. Um, that Khashoggi thing and that he's immune from, from, from getting locked up and stuff like that. I can't see it, but not that I agree with it, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so this is not a one-time thing. They're going to need him in the future, so that's why they're not pushing anything. Hmm. Okay. They're going to need the Saudis in the future. Okay, I'll get my popcorn. We have too much enemies over there. <laughs> I'll get my popcorn and continue to watch everything unfold as more details will emerge. And I'm sure the information we're going to get, we're not going to get it out of the media, out of U.S. We're going to get it either from BBC, Al Jazeera, or somewhere on the other side of the globe. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you so much, Dre. Appreciate it. Next up, the first Gen Z member of Congress was denied a D.C. apartment due to bad credit huh story courtesy of npr.org congressman elect maxwell frost was excited he thought that for the first few months of living in dc he'd be couch surfing to save money but as luck would have it he found an apartment in washington dc's navy yard neighborhood with month monthly rent he figured he could swing this week, he went to view the apartment and spent about an hour filling out the application and providing information for a credit check. He also submitted a $50 application fee. There was one thing he was worried about, though, after a year and a half of campaigning and winning, which, having been born in 1997, made him Congress's first elected Generation Z lawmaker, Frost had gotten himself into debt. And as a result, he had a low credit score. Despite his low credit, Frost said the apartment representative said he'd be fine. Well, he wasn't. 
He tweeted on Thursday, just applied to an apartment in D.C. where I told the guy that my credit was really bad. He said I'd be fine, got denied, lost the apartment and the application fee. This ain't meant for people who don't already have money. Landlords who use credit checks to approve a tenant's rental application. Often, yep. But research has shown that credit scores actually perpetuate racial disparities. Sometimes the information provided in a credit check is even wrong, unfairly costing people an opportunity at housing. And that's according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Frost told NPR that he posted his tweet in a moment of frustration, but also to highlight the serious problem of affordability and accessibility in the D.C. political world for people who don't come from wealth. While Frost dealt specifically with the credit rejection, other incoming lawmakers and politicians, especially younger members, have dealt with Washington's lack of affordable housing in recent years. Frost, just stating this publicly, is kind of saying the quiet part out loud and shining a light on a reality that it is incredibly expensive to live in D.C., to be young in D.C., and then maintain it even for members of Congress. This lack of affordability has a trickle-down effect, and this is according to Casey Burgett, the Legislative Affairs Program Director at George Washington University. It makes Congress exactly what it's been for so long, a disproportionately wealthy, disproportionately white institution. This is a main contributor for why people cannot afford to run for office. It's not seen as a viable path. And though we're getting a little bit better for at our diversity, we still have a long way to go and the cost of it is not getting cheaper. Lawmakers have long struggled with D.C. housing, apparently. Zillow reports that in Washington, Washington D.C., they're neck and neck with Miami. The median rent is $2,600, up $350 from last year's average. The lack of affordable places to rent in major cities is a huge problem nationwide. Rental prices are up 15% from a year ago, and that's according to a report from Redfin. I think it's a crying shame that uh, an elected official cannot get an apartment. But... Do apartments look at your credit report and see what is um, that some things are just not should not affect the decision to rent or not to rent, especially if it's a young person? I don't know. Life happens no matter your age. Life happens. People have lost their jobs. And for, you know, for some people, they have to pick up odds, odd jobs here and there until they get into something else. And during that time, the little savings that they have, if they have, they have to, you know, handle that with care because they don't know how long. If they're going to be out for three months, six months, a year, they don't know. So they have to, you know, handle it with care. Some people go through divorces. That can affect one's credit too. Then there is death medical bills if memory serves me well i'm not sure if it, i think it was earlier this year and i think mention was made of it here in coffee and toe 
that they were looking into doing something about the credit bureaus what what's the latest on that because something needs to be done if I, if memory serves me well they were going to try to eliminate equifax transunion and experian if memory serves me well somebody else's whose memory is better than mine please refresh me if you're if you remember but I do be- I don't remember. You don't remember. Something. I don't remember that because no, because also there, there's more than just those three. There's there's several more, but those are the major ones. I don't think mm. they. I, I can't imagine that being it. Hmm. So I sign up on Credit Karma, right? And I need somebody to explain Credit Karma to me. Really, no. I remember they had an issue a couple of weeks ago. We read that, or a couple of months ago, we read that story. But you will be, because I, I check my credit report frequently, just in case anybody out there with my information doing anything. One week, it goes up. The next week, boom, down. Then it goes up and it goes down. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Then you will see, oh, drop by 30 something points. I'm like, what, 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 what? what happened somebody explain how the credit bureau work because i really don't at this point i don't get it to me it's a scam to me it is a scam and I, I, that's all i gotta say about credit bureaus i don't think they truly display um what's the word what's the sentence what's the phrase <laughs> i don't think they should be looked at as the end all when one is trying to make a decision as to whether to rent someone somewhere to live or for a business or to um, extend credit to purchase a vehicle or some asset. I also don't think it should be the one go to or the only thing that is considered when doing, you know, for jobs, even some companies do pull your credit report and if your credit, if your credit score is low, they won't hire you. Right. So I don't think it should be the end all. As I said, life happens. People have various experiences. I think for me is another way of kind of, um, you know, subgrouping or grouping, you know, one set of people from, you know, another set of people in a sense. So, you know, I mean, I think even when you look at just spending habits and just the, the um the managing of money of you know money i think even even looking at it from that perspective i think there's not even much focus on focus on that in the sense of you know how to ensure that you know you manage your money properly um so you don't essentially fall in debt so i think you know the the, the it has over the years it just seems as it as if it's more so you know kind of putting you in in one group where you know you're looked at as in you know you can't manage your money or you don't know how to manage your money so you fall into the group where you know you have bad debt but i think the <clears throat> the, the the primary objective you know should be especially when you look at um, this upcoming generation, where boy, I mean, you know, I mean, in terms of financial management, I think the US is horrible at that, um, or has been um, horrible at you know, just ensuring that they understand thoroughly how 
um, what financial management is, right, and how it affects you. Not necessarily from the credit standpoint, but just you know, from a, from from just a generalistic um, standpoint. You know, whether you know you're talking about um, you know for your for yourself or your family. You know how to how to save and you know ensure that. <clears throat> You know, you 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 have you know you have stuff like emergency funds and so on, all the different type of financial um um components, but the 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 credit aspect to it, you know, I think it's you know it weighs so heavily down on you where to the point whereby you would spend, you would you for 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 some people they would go directly into debt, right? Um, and then you know their credit, it's almost like the can't even come out of that or they don't even know how to come out of that and because it's reflected on your credit on your your credit score you know it's 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 as if you know that's stamped on you <laughs> for life and then you know for some people that literally you know don't, not is not necessarily earning as much to try to you know come out of the debt or whatnot then it's like for them it's like a, a revolving you know door you know for for not just them but for the entire family so you know i don't know what the exact objective of the, the 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 credit bureau or the credit report or whatever it is initially um funny enough i just i think it was just probably a couple of months ago i realized i think jamaica has adopted something like that now um, yes 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 which you know i try to figure out okay um but you know when you think about it from the lender's perspective you know lenders want to make sure that okay you know if you borrow the money you know how to pay back but you don't know how to pay back <laughs> that's the thing you understand you don't know how to pay back so you're borrowing these money and and that is how they, they constantly go in these cycle of debts um and then the u.s that's i mean when you even look at just the debt that the u.s have in general i mean if if the government have so much debt i mean i don't know what they expect the the people they're supposed to have but yeah it's it to me it makes no sense um if you're not financially literate you understand i think that's that's that, that, that's a key component in terms of you know just being able to um manage your money effectively um and that's where i learned thank you thank you Prezi. um i have a question so when it comes to real estate when you're looking to purchase a home and your credit they run your credit they pull that credit report um and you're shopping around and you are good if if, if if my memory serves me well you don't if they have to pull again it doesn't affect you correct me please if i'm wrong but yet if you're shopping for a vehicle you're not going to go with the first vehicle you see or the terms and conditions or the price point probably not sound right in terms of what it's going to cost you monthly to um, have this vehicle. If I'm going car shopping, every time I go somewhere and they pull my credit, it keeps go, it drops and drops and drops. Is that still the case? So it depends on um, how you go about it. So in buying a home, if you sh if if you go to a mortgage broker or lender, they only need to pull that credit one time, and they will use that over and over. Cause they're shopping you to the bank. That's why your credit get pulled one time. However, if you were supposed to go to directly to Chase, and you don't like what Chase is offering, and then you went to Bank of America, it will work same way as the the car dealers. 
So to avoid that for the car dealers, a lot of times they will advise you uh, go to your credit union or, or something like that. But if you're going from different creditors to different creditors to different creditors, it's going to affect you. Each time you go to a new creditor, they're going to pull the, pull the score. But um, through real estate, if you go to the, directly to the broker, to the lender, you avoid, you avoid that because the lender is just going to shop it to all the banks that they have in their repertoire. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but technically, um, they don't have to, especially car dealers. If you put your credit one time with a car dealer, Mm-hmm. You know that you don't agree with the terms they're giving you. You don't like it. You can ask them for your credit report what they pulled. And they have yes, it. and you can bring it to another dealership, and I don't have to pull your credit again because you have everything on their credit report. A lot of these car dealers do this to mess you up. Got the more inquiries on your credit, it's your, your credit score going to go down, and everything is an inside job. Credit is foolishness because if you need a car. All the gen- if you and the general manager, because they all have relationship with the banks, all they have to do is call the bank and say, Marlon, have a 350 credit score, but approve them for me, please. And they will get approved. So all this credit stuff is just foolishness because the banks do what they want and the car dealers and the banks have good relationships. So if they want to get you approved, they can get you approved. Oh. It's all up, and uh, and it's, you know. So sometimes, and they just and you can tell. You're breaking up, Marlon. You're in the matrix. You're in the matrix, Marlon. You're in the matrix. Hello, hello, hello. You're in the matrix. So let me see if I want to make sure I understand because. I'm sure, and I want listeners listening on QMZ or John Arreda to understand just as we here want to understand. So, you're going to buy a home. You can have the broker. The broker is the one who is going to pretty much shop you, right? One report, and you can take it from place to place. Right, Dre? Am I, did I get that right? Yeah, the broker is the one that's going to shop you. So they just pull it and, and they're shopping you to the bank. So you're not literally going to the bank. So okay. Yes. All right. So that way, let us say they pull your credit report. It sh- it's showing 733. That's what it is. And let's say you're going to, you know, do shopping around for a couple of weeks, a month to find a suitable home, right? Something that you can afford. It fits everything on your checklist to the, to a, large degree 80 percent, right okay how when it comes to purchasing purchasing a vehicle based on what marlon was saying a lot of us don't seem to know this so we go from dealer to dealer looking for the best deal and every time we go from dealer to dealer they're pulling our credit they're doing hard inquiries right and every time a hard inquiry is done it is dropping your credit score. What we should be doing is at the first stop, and tell me if I'm wrong, Marlon, at the first stop, what we should be doing is this. Run my credit. Let's see what we can afford, where I stand, blase, blase. The numbers come back. I don't like these numbers. Let me go across the street. But whoa, hold up. 
I need that credit report. Take that hard inquiry, that printout, take it with you so that you can go across the street. You go across the street to the light that theater, you go down the road, right? So that, no. oh, oh, that's not it. That's not what you do. You don't no. take the credit report. So here's the thing. Okay. I don't know if you said it because I stepped away. Okay. There's a soft pull and there's a hard pull. Okay. Okay. The soft pull is something that you can do yourself. You can request your credit um, report for yourself. If you know that you're shopping around, shop around with your soft pull. Okay. Okay. Because it's just an inquiry and it doesn't affect your credit. Okay. Once a hard pull is done, right? Mm -hmm. That affects your credit. If you take your hard pull to a new car dealer, that that car dealer is still going to pull it again. So everyone should do a soft pull first if you're just shopping around. And that's for anything because it lets the person know with a soft pull, this is where it says I'm at. So when you decide what dealership you want to go to, what home you want to go to, right? Mm -hmm. Then you do that hard pull. That's what I suggest. Okay. The hard pull is the one that drops your credit. So you don't want to do a hard pull today mm -hmm. and then 10 days later or next week later, go back and do another hard pull. Mm. That drops your credit. So the soft pull is the safest, the safest thing for a person to do. And everyone can look that up on Google, the difference between a soft pull and a hard pull. Okay. All well, right. I get, I, 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 well, Javid, I've, I've never heard of the soft pull, to be honest. I know the hard pull. So, and, that, and that's also the, 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 the other goes back to the original point that I make in terms of, you know, what, I guess, what information is available to people that are, you know, just basically, you know, applying for you know just different things whether it be house or car or whatnot because i mean in terms of the hard pull i know for a fact that when you actually you know say you know you're about to um you know get something on credit or or whatnot you know generally the way i know it is that there is the hard pull but where does the soft pull come in so I know about the soft and hard, but I'm going to read what I just pulled up so I can hear exactly what it says. Perfect. I've always knew about the soft pull. Okay, because the very first time I'm hearing about the soft pull, because I mean, I know that the hard pull is generally, I mean, because essentially once you apply, so for example, if you're applying online and you're applying, you know, to a specific lender, right? Once they make that pull, I mean, that's con that's con yeah, that's considered a hard pull. So I'm going to explain to uh, you what no, a hold, is. Noville, can you close your mic, please, Noville? Thank you. Go ahead, because I couldn't hear you, Javed. I'm so sorry. I I'm going to explain the difference. And like I said, I know it already because I've done it several times, but I'm going to read what it's saying online so everyone can really understand. Perfect. It Thank says you. a soft pull occurs when you check your own credit. It also counts as a soft inquiry when a credit card company or a lender checks your credit on their own to determine if you qualify for a loan or credit. So let me finish, okay? Mm -hmm. Soft inquiries come in two types. It's either you request it, right, to see your own credits, or an outside firm will do it, right? So I've... 
I don't even want to add to what the the the, 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 the um, description says. A hard pull occurs when you specifically apply for a new loan or a credit card. And when you do this, lenders, banks, and other creditors will check your credit to make sure lending to you isn't too much of a risk. When they check your credit, it qualifies as a hard pull. Okay. A hard pull can cause your credit score to drop at least slightly. A soft pull won't. And I've done this when I bought my house and I've done this when I bought my car and I've bought this when I was looking for cars for my daughter. So a soft pull does not affect your credit. And if you walk into any car dealer, you can ask them to do a soft pull. It mm. won't affect because I, I literally did this a few months ago when I was looking for a car for my daughter, but we all know what's going on with cars right now. <laughs> Specifically okay. ask for a soft pull. Okay. And Google is out there for anyone. You can go on and read it up yourself because it's plain English. It's nothing difficult. Nothing. Okay. Thank you, Javette. So we can also ask the dealers to do a soft pull. Prezi, how you feel about that? No, I'm saying, I, I mean, it it, it, it uh, definitely brought some level of insight because, again, I never know that there was a soft pull because I'm thinking that, all right, you know, um, and so, I'm, so, 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 so correct me if I'm wrong. So the soft pull is central. So if I decide that, you know, I just um, request what my credit is or what, you know, I guess what the status of my credit is um, from a specific brewer, is that considered a soft pull or is just that me checking my credit? What I mean, what would that what 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 is that considered to be? So when I went into the dealership, my daughter saw a specific car. She wanted that specific car from this specific dealer. Mm -hmm. But we wasn't sure whether we were gonna purchase it. So the, the the people, whatever you call them, in the car dealership, I specifically told them to do a soft pull. So the soft pull was able to let them know my daughter's background and her credit history and what his company or his loan people may or may not give us the loan for the car for. It did not affect her credit at all. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Okay. So to add to that, um, Prezi. Um, Julie also put in the chat that the soft pulls are basically just to see what's up and what needs fixing. So you might see some things on there that you may, you know what, let me take care of this before I venture out, right? Especially if you're doing research to purchase a home and you know that certain thing, you, you've come to discover that certain things could affect you. And you say you want to give yourself a better leg to stand on. You know what, let me do the soft pull see what i need to address and then i'll take it from there but newville has been wanting to weigh in from a uh, boots on the ground perspective go ahead uh newville but yeah, you have to you have I've... to turn your music down in the background newville there's a lot of feedback on my end yeah yeah my my apologies in, in that regard good morning everyone good um, morning <laughs> yeah so the, the first thing that you want to do right um, you want to find out your standing as far as, you know, your credit goes. Um, there's an app called Credit Karma. You can download it. It's free, right? And it allows you to see what's going on. 
on your credit report because there may be discrepancies which you can also address. You can also reach out to um, TransUnion as well as Equifax. I think it was the other one, uh, Experian, and they'll send you like a full detailed joint, see? Um, for free, by the way, right? Like they'll mail it to you. Or you can, if you want quick access, you can go on the website and pay like 10 bucks and get it to them. The first thing you want to do before you have any conversations with anybody about nothing is to see where you're at, see? It's going to give you a breakdown as far as, you know, the, the debts that you've had in the past. It's going to show you, you know, um, what you currently have going on. Um, and then you may see one or two things that you go, oh, shit, where, where is that coming I'm from? I'm on you air, Newville. I'm on air. Oh, I'm oh, on air. Sorry. Sorry. My apologies. You might say, holy smokes. You know what I mean? Where is that coming from? And then you can reach out to them, right, whether it be to pay it off. And then they'll update the credit bureau accordingly. Or if you've already paid it off, right, then you can reach out to the credit bureau that because they all they basically report to different ones, right? And then they'll make the adjustment. And in about thirty days, then you know everything will kind of and it's, it's going to change the score slightly. So that's the first thing you want to you want to find out where you're at from that perspective. Then once you know what your score is, right? Then when you go into a dealership or a bank or whatever the case is, like, all right, cool. So, you know, I'm, I want to buy this car. You know, so the car costs X amount. You see, you know that you can afford it. But in terms of approval, be like, all right, cool. So my credit score is at, you know, 750, right? They're going to be like, yeah, that's not a problem. Versus if you're going to say, all right, cool, my credit score is at, you know, 545. They're going to be like, all right, cool. We can try but we might have to go through, um, you know, either a, 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 a private lender because there's different tiers in the system. So when you when you purchase a vehicle, right, the banks are all competing for the business. So what the dealerships do is they'll plug in your information, right, and then you know the banks are competing for the business and different rates and all that type of stuff. Unless it's uh, a dealership, like say that does their own in-house finance, like Mercedes or Lexus or whatever the case is. And, you know, so it's really about having a conversation. But you never want to just go in blind and say, cool, well, without information, not knowing your status, and then say, hey, you know, and just apply for something. Because if you don't know, and then it gets declined, it's going to go against you. It's going to take you a little bit of time to build it back up to where it was before. Okay. So the difference between a yeah, so like a soft pull, a soft pull is like somebody kind of just you know having a glance. Which was what was just explained, right? Um, right, right, right. Yeah, because he he saw like a little bit of clarity, and then the hard pull is like the one that goes boom, and then but but the, the most important thing, and I would encourage you to just download Credit Karma, and and you can you can see where you you stand. You know what I'm saying? Um, also another thing as well, like as far as like it's always good to have a, you know, a, a nice relationship with your bank. You know what I'm saying? Um, because depending on how much money you have in the bank, depending on, you know, your payment history or whatever the case is, the loan officer is going to make a, uh, like a judgment call, right? Most of the things you now are pretty much automated, even when it comes to credit card companies. So 
you know, like sometimes you get these offers like, oh, you know, if, if you can increase your credit limit or whatever the case is, never automatically do that. See, sometimes when they say pre-approval, you could actually be pre-approved, but it's still an application. They still have to process it because they're trying to, they're, it's a solicitation, right? They're trying to, you know, increase, um, you know, your access, right? Your credit limit, because from their perspective, obviously, you know, the more money they're going to give people, the likely they're going to use it is pretty high. And then at that point, people use it and then, you know, end up, you know, it takes them 200 years to pay it off at, you know, a minimum. So they're looking situation. at your risk. They're looking at the risk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So hopefully, hopefully that explains things, right? Yes. Thank you very much, Newville. Thank you, uh, Javette. Thank you, um, Prezi, for asking those questions. Uh, thank you to everyone in the chat. Geely, thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right. So hopefully we all are a little more um, aware, those of us listening online and those of us here, are a little more aware of what happens or how to proceed. All right. So my takeaways, just to sum up this conversation and move on, my takeaways are, one, you can do a soft pull that will not impact your credit score that soft pull is something worth doing before venturing out there to get whatever type of credit it is that you're seeking what and it allows you to see what it if there are discrepancies if there are discrepancies yes look out for discrepancies make sure your inform it allows you to make sure your information is accurate and it allows you to understand what it is that you need to take care of so that's one of my takeaways right and the other takeaway is educate yourself as much as you can find resources speak to people in the business learn 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 speak to other people about their experiences when they were looking to purchase a home or looking to purchase a vehicle or get business funding whatever it is seek out that information all right because we can it may not apply to us right in its entirety but we can use something from it okay so next story business and tech news elon musk <laughs> turns Twitter into hotel for staff. The BBC has been given photos of Twitter office space that has been converted into bedrooms, which San Francisco authorities are probing as a possible building code violation. One image shows a room with a double bed, including a wardrobe and slippers. An ex-worker said new Twitter boss Elon Musk has been staying at the headquarters since he bought the firm. He last month emailed all Twitter staff saying they will need to be extremely hardcore to succeed. San Francisco's Department of Building Inspection has confirmed it is investigating potential violations following a complaint. Mr. Musk said the city was attacking companies pr for providing beds to tired employees. In a now-deleted tweet, Mr. Musk posted that he would work and sleep in the office until the org is fixed. The BBC has also been given pictures of sofas at Twitter being used as beds. Another conference room has an alarm clock and a picture placed over a made-up bed. It looks like a hotel room, said one former worker. They went on to say that Mr. Musk regularly sleeps at the Twitter HQ in San Fran. Twitter did not immediately respond to a request for comment from the BBC. 
last month. Mr. Musk, who completed his Twitter takeover in October, emailed all staff at the company saying they would need to work long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade, he wrote. (laughs) And of course, this leads right into the next story. Elon Musk is now under investigation for turning Twitter offices into bedrooms. Ah, boy. On Tuesday, the remaining staff members at the San Francisco HQ... (laughs) arrived to find beds, nightstands, and armchairs. What was once their workspace had been transformed overnight into bedrooms for staffers who will be working in the all-new hardcore conditions outlined by Musk as the app continues to undergo updates. Insider claims there were about four to eight bedrooms on each floor. <laughs> Sorry. I'm losing mine. issues so he didn't seek to clarify with the city if this is something that he can do if it <laughs> man, I'm mad, no shot. I can't bring my girl come work <laughs> listen, listen, listen y'all I have worked in a tech company in San Francisco before I'm one of my first job before I, before I landed a, a longer term one was working in a tech company there are so many freedoms given to employees in tech, in tech companies. Not what Elon Musk is doing because he wants people to just work, 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 work. You exhaust, passed out, but don't pass on the floor. Here, here's a bed. At least he's doing that. But they have, there's lots of there's alcohol in the office, tons of it. There's food in the office, tons of it. They cater lunches. San Francisco and the tech companies here are very loosey-goosey with a lot of things i'm sure no i'm not she's laughing i'm sure they're violating a lot of rules in a lot of places but because they're private they can get away with a whole bunch um but this this is an absolute where his office is i drive past it all the time it's on market and 10th that is 10th yeah because i i drive past it i live in the city so um I keep looking to see if I can see in the windows, but the windows are pretty high up and they're dark. But I'm like, I'm curious to see what the heck he's done in that office. The man is is bonkers. He has to be sinister. So let me ask you a question. Does it mean then that the people that work for him don't have families, don't have lives, their own, he is their life? And Novel, I know you had a question. Go ahead real quick for me. Uh, I, no, to finish your train of thought first, but uh, I do have something to say in regard to this. Um, All right, I'll let so you go. Wrap it up one minute because I have a bunch of other stories to go, but go right ahead. <laughs> I mean, this is preposterous. Go ahead, Newville. Right, so, I mean, okay. I, I don't really understand what the big deal is here, truth be told, right? Yo, it's not like, so the man, first of all, number one, him take over the joint and he's cleaning house. What he's saying to the people, them is like, yeah, we're going to build a company back on his vision based on what he want. Now, you have a choice. You can either work and help to build this back up, or you can leave. See? And answer to, yo, if he's willing to sleep in the office, right? Because a lot I've I've worked in tech, right? 
they have sleeping pods, they got slides, you know what I'm saying? They got, you know, you know, um, a full cafeteria, right? So what does that mean? So so what? If he has a full cafeteria, then no, he's operating a restaurant. Like, is he charging anybody, you know, to, to sleep in these beds or whatever? No, it's not a hotel. And the fact that people are bringing these grievances, to me, kind of seems... Mm, that, there's, there's more to me style. The next thing, too, quite frankly, is that um, I don't think Elon Musk is crazy for what he's doing with Twitter, right? It's not as if, you know, he's saying, well, all right, cool, well, you, you, you have to sleep in the office. And No, he's not saying that. He's saying that, yo, everybody get to work. See, in the same way how I'm working, I want it to match my intensity. So if I'm willing to work and... Yo, I get tired and I, I I need to sleep on things still. I could I could sleep on my desk, I could sleep on the floor, or I could sleep in comfort. And if I'm gonna sleep in comfort, at least I'm allow you to have that option as well, as long as you want to match my intensity. And if you don't want to match my intensity, that's okay. There's other companies that you can work for. I don't understand what the big deal is here. Truth be told, I really don't. Hmm. That's all I have to say. Okay, so uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Just open the mic, James. Go right yeah. ahead, real quick, real quick. Yeah, yeah, real quick. Yeah, so I, I do a lot of catering um, for like um, tech companies, and every single one that I've been in, like downtown Toronto, they have they have bedrooms, they have they allow workers to take their dog, their cat, their fish. Like, you know, like, yeah, like I, I, I went in one of them and like every section you pass, like you see like the LGBTQ flag behind the desk. You see like a Jamaican flag, an Indian flag. And mm -hmm. like what they do, they, they, they say, look, this is your home. Make it homey and comfortable. <laughs> and yeah, so it, it's, it's nothing new. That's all I'm saying. It's oh, new. Lord have mercy. So Jilly summed it up for me in the chat. Jilly summed it up for me. And thank you, Jilly. You are way more. <laughs> You're thinking way better than I am. Thank you for putting it together nicely. It's building codes they're worried about. The building wasn't coded to house people. It's a commercial office space. He just can't turn it into rooms. You cannot do as you please. There are There is protocol. And there's a reason why buildings have to come up to certain codes if they are going to be used as residential facilities or what we call here in South Florida, mixed use property. You have to meet certain code requirements. You can't just do as you please because you're so desperate to recoup $44 billion. And yes, he's desperate. He is desperate. And that's why he's doing this. I don't have a problem with him realigning and going back to the drawing board and cleaning house and rebuilding. I don't have a problem with that but you must also be reasonable and you know for these companies that demand so much out of you but in the drop of a hat as if they're holding on to hot potato they don't stand behind you the same way with trouble take you no them run left you them get rid of you the minute you go against something of theirs boom you're homeless <laughs> about make it your home you can keep that uh, certain jobs I will not do and you're right now nah, do it you don't agree with it you move on
But clearly, some people are okay with it. They have to think the way he thinks. But I don't want nobody asleep on a bed in a, in a, in a my arm business. Gone a yard because some on a nasty. Some on a never like beard much less. Gone a yard. I don't want y'all here 24 7. Get the heck out. No, but moments, that's not really fair though because you have people that work in coal mines and the companies provide showers, right? Yeah, but, they, but, but, but hold on, Nuvilla. Understand those just like hospitals. Hospitals provide rooms where doctors can go or nurses can go and sleep. That's different. They are prepared for that. They are coded for that. The problem is this man has not sought the proper, um, gone through the proper channels to properly convert the building. That's the issue. And he's wrong. No matter how we argue about people for have this or people for do that, at the end of the day, he is wrong for going about it the way he has. Forget about what I'm saying people being there 24 hours let us look at what is required by the city and the protocol he needs to abide by period we're not going to look outside anything else he is wrong Full stop. well we, we cannot we, we can agree to disagree yes we can but no problem yeah. <laughs> yeah because if you're breaking code you're breaking code and if i'm sure in canada if you break code it's a, you're in violation right and you you're penalized and you're given a, a certain amount of time within which to correct the code violation. Am I wrong or am I right? No, you're right. But at okay. the same time, all right, I'll no, go ahead. No, finish your sentence and then I'm going to move on. I have to, uh, yeah, finish your sentence, please. Uh, yeah, no, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying here, right, is that, you know, obviously you can't please everybody, right? And, you know, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but it's like when you have a startup, right? Like most business people, you know, um, actually no, yeah. So most business people, when, when they're, when they're doing something, right, it's, it's high intensity seeing, and you know, it's just a matter of our cool. Like I, like I've, I've worked for, for tech companies before where, you know, they, they've, they've had a room if you wanted to go take a nap. It's a commercial building. Was it a, a, a code value? Like, I mean, I, I, like, I don't know. But like these things are going on right now. I find it very strange and interesting that people, you know what I'm saying? Just automatically, like all these complaints are coming and whatever. Like, yo, it's, so what is it? Is that because he put a bed in there just in case you get tired so you can sleep in comfort? And it's not like, how is that a code violation? How is that a code? Is it is it a fire hazard? Is it something in that regard? No, it's not. We don't know. We See? don't know what the code requirements are over there in San Francisco. So we cannot sit not here not and us. say he's okay to do it. Because God forbid mm. something happened to the people when they're at the building. You know the problem he's gonna be in? All right, with I'll leave it alone. Living, no problem. Yeah, with the people living there. I'll leave it alone. Yep. Okay. Next up. Uh the Pentagon splits a $9 billion cloud contract between four firms. Story courtesy of the Associated Press, Google, Oracle, uh, Microsoft, and Amazon will share in the Pentagon's $9 billion contract to build its cloud computing network. A year after accusations of politicization over the previously announced contract and a protracted legal battle resulted in the military starting over in its award process. The joint war fighter cloud capability is envisioned to provide access to unclassified, 
secret and top secret data to military personnel all over the globe. It is anticipated to serve as a backbone for the Pentagon's modern war operations, which will rely heavily on unmanned aircraft and space communication satellites, but will still need a way to quickly get the intelligence from those platforms to troops on the ground. The contract will be awarded in parts with a total estimated completion date of June 2028. That's according to the Pentagon in a statement. And next up in business and tech news, Apple abandons controversial plan to check iOS devices and iCloud photos for child abuse imagery. Story courtesy of CNN. Apple is abandoning abandoning its plans to launch a controversial tool that would check iPhones, iPads, and iCloud photos for child sexual abuse material, following backlash from critics who decried the feature's potential privacy implications. Apple first announced the feature in 2021 with the goal of helping combat child exploitation and promoting safety, issues the tech community has increasingly embraced. But it soon put the brakes on implementing the feature amid a wave of criticism, noting it would take additional time over the coming months to collect input and to make improvements before releasing these critically important child safety features. In a public statement on Wednesday, Apple said it had decided to not move forward with our previously proposed CSAM detection tool for iCloud photos. Children can be protected without companies combing through personal data, and we will continue working with governments, child advocates, and other companies to help protect young people, preserve their right to privacy, and make the internet a safer place for children and for us all. That's what the company said in a statement provided to Wired. Apple did not respond to CNN's request for comment. And again, Apple is in the news with this story as they planned to they plan yeah, to expand encryption of iCloud data. So on Wednesday, they made an announcement that it plans to expand end-to-end encryption of iCloud data to include backups, photos, notes, chat histories, and other services in a move that could further protect user data but also add to tensions with law enforcement around the world. Among a handful of new security tools is a feature called Advanced Data Protection, which will allow users to keep certain data more secure from hackers, governments, and spies, even in the case of an Apple data breach. In addition, law enforcement would not be able to gain access to that data even with a warrant. The end-to-end encryption, not even the platform can access the data, only the sender and recipient. As a result, Apple would be unable to comply with requests to share this data stored in the iCloud to officials as part of an investigation. Apple has previously clashed with law enforcement over attempts to access data on devices, including an effort by the FBI to break into the iPhone of one of the shooters behind the 2015 attack in San Bernardino, California. All right, another battle is going to ensue with them both. Here we go now over to Health and Science News. Miss Cayman Islands Universe Rep discusses mental health concerns. This story courtesy of cayman.loopnews.com. 
Chloe Paradoxy, first runner-up at the 2022 Miss Cayman Islands Universe Pageant and alternate who will represent the Cayman Islands at the Miss Universe Pageant next month, discussed her mental health journey during a panel discussion held by video call with her fellow Miss Universe delegates yesterday. Topics captured by Paradoxy in the conversation included her coping mechanisms what she identified as the source of her concerns and how she triumphed, notwithstanding the challenges. Addressing the source of her concerns, she said, personally for me, I grew up without a mom. She was unable to take care of me because she was schizophrenic and bipolar. Then I moved into another dysfunctional family, and that did not help me in this light. While acknowledging that her environment and progenitors were contributing factors to her mental health concerns, she also noted that people are not perfect and she cannot hold that against them. Taking a positive approach and focusing on her next steps, she explained that she had to learn the responsibility of taking care of herself, adding that her responsibility is to make sure that the way she wants to respond is beneficial to her and other people. Regarding this responsibility, she said, and I quote, I knew that I was an angry child, so I went into basketball and it helped me transform that anger, which is known to be a secondary emotion, and the underlying emotion is really sadness. So I transformed it and I got with that community and it took me a lot of places that I'm so grateful for that all that I have experienced in that community. Changing gears and turning to a question regarding mental preparation required for the upcoming Miss Universe pageant. She said how she personally got ready for Miss Universe is to basically make sure that she does not overwhelm herself or catastrophize and just remember to keep things singular with herself. And it was interesting for me to bring this up because I think a lot of times we are angry and we, um, prom uh, we promote that anger because we don't know how to deal with our underlying emotions. We talk about emotional intelligence. We talk about conflict resolution. And then we also have to bring another word into the equation, which is empathy. We now have to, um, we don't, we, we have to be so careful, right? We now have to be cognizant that people are going through different things. They've been exposed to different things. And however we can help them to face the challenges of life, we do so from, a, from an empathetic standpoint. All right? So I'm grateful for this. Because it, made, it highlighted something that I didn't pay attention to or wasn't aware of that people's anger displayed is usually coming from something else, stemming from something else. We hear the term hangry, H-A-N-G-R-Y, hungry and angry. I'm angry. I'm, I'm short. I'm a short fuse when I become hungry, right? Yeah.
he, he, you know, a lot of times we don't understand that. So thank you for the insight, Miss Cayman. Appreciate you for that. Going to take a quick break. When we return, we have Believe It or Not stories. Here we go with a little more dance hall music in the Friday mix. When one drop, Problem, y'all, me can't help you for solve them, y'all Me a one of the good, good wife, you a one of the skittle bomb them, y'all Remember me no idiot, y'all, put the ring finger, you for free that, y'all When you see me, you look at a real ad, y'all And if a dollar's the man, give me that, y'all Cause him and a row made me have the right wine So him a fee sleep on me all the night time And every new day when me wake up, me a fee say, me a fee say Man in me lifeline me a the wifey, me no know who you star You try everything to mash up me life, but me say you na reach far Me have everything to Thank you to everyone listening online on QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go Remember we do this every Monday through Friday 9am to 1pm Eastern where I read the news and we share our views Coming up tomorrow on JohnNoRadio.com, we get the party started at 12 p.m. Eastern with all-inclusive Saturdays. And after that's with DJ Trouble, and then at 4 p.m., it's Blazing Saturdays with DJ Simple, followed by the check-in with DJ Simple and Pepita. And that happens at 5.30 p.m. And then... Kevin, Kevon, Mix Master Kevon takes us takes over at 7 p.m. with Freestyle Saturday. So don't forget to download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Watch the girl, them do the puppeteer. Now hear this! When he's six turns, he come cross with a new dance called Puppeteer. Girl from foreign and yard of that show! Down! Watch the girl, them a catch it, every girl back a bend. Girl, I do the puppeteer with a man back a bend. 
Coming up right after this, we're going to have our Believe It or Not stories. We're inside the Friday mix on Coffee and Toad, doing it in dance all style today. For quality music while you work or play, log on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. I still haven't figured out how to do this dance yet. Mad respect to the dancers out of Jamaica. Big up on herself. I just look at you and live vicariously and dance vicariously through you all. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. So first up, Pastor Jamal Bryant. Let me turn this all the way down. Pastor Jamal Bryant wants to bring black men back to church by growing weed. I'm looking for people that smell like weed, he said. Story courtesy. Javette, you're the I'm one. Sorry. I'm sorry. Could you start again? He wants to bring the black people who smell like weed? I was cracking up when I was looking at, I was like, you know what? Jesus, take the kids. Okay. So pastor Jamal Bryant wants to bring black men back to church by growing weed. He said, I'm looking for people that smell like weed story courtesy of BET.com. So during a recent appearance on Colossora with Rashan Ali, the member of Kappa Alpha Psi, shared that he was looking for male congregants that smell like weed. Bryant, who officiates, <laughs> I'm sorry, over oh, the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in Metro Atlanta. Isn't that the church where the other one died who was finagling with these young boys on the private jets? What's his name? Oh, Lord. Yes, it's the same place. Same church. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and that's the church where you have to show your tax returns to to make sure you're paying the right amount of time. You know what? Bryant, who officiates of the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in Metro Atlanta, said, I'm looking for people that smell like weed. New Birth is the largest land-owning black church in America. My position to my deacons is, why aren't we raising cannabis? Ali could not contain her shock, and Bryant did not bat an eye. He also expressed that he would be teaching men how to handle business, introducing concepts of sustainable farming, and preserving the ecosystem. I'll be able to bring in black males. They're going to be able to do it legally. I'm teaching them farming. I'm helping them to enhance the ecosystem. This is the kind of conversation. So if the guy, black boy in Bankhead said they're growing weed at church, where do I join? I don't need no pamphlet for him. According to Georgia's Department of Health, marijuana laws are tougher than most states. So it's uncertain how Bryant would pull off the venture. Georgia's law is much more limited than some other states' medical marijuana laws. For example, it does not legalize the sale or possession of marijuana in leaf form, and it does not authorize the production or sale of food products infused with low THC oil 
or the ingestion of low THC oil through vapor. Also, it does not authorize physicians to prescribe marijuana for medical use. It is intended solely to protect qualified persons from criminal prosecution for processing low THC oil for medicinal purposes. Go to church and get high, folks. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to send it a few moments. That's truly believe it or not. Oh my gosh. Ah. His face was dead serious when he was saying it to Yes. Him. He was like dead ass. I'm like <laughs> But arrest of fire and does it. That's what they do. They go to church and get high. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> oh boy. Here's this one. But, uh... I just have to break the news to you. So. What happened? What happened? Brazil gone, huh? Brazil. We can't hear him, Marlon. That's why we can't hear it. I'm coming here with no bad news about Brazil. Take for yourself. Brazil gone, huh? Take for yourself. Okay, somebody put Marlon in the gulag for me. As a matter of fact, can you somebody kick him out of the room? We don't need to hear that right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love him too much. I can't. <laughs> We need a live feed from Jamaica, right? Don't dress it. Dress it. Crime rate gone up back at Jamaica. <laughs> oh, God. Listen to me. Oh, no, I'm gonna leave. Can I go into mourning, please, after the show? Because I'm going to keep that night. <sighs> Marlon, do we have enough white rum in the cupboard? <laughs> Yeah, we have Wally. <laughs> wow. Okay, Marlon, mute your mic. Can you in the matrix with the bad news? Take for yourself. You know why you're not. Me know why you're not the <laughs> What was the score? Then lose the penalty kick. Aww. Four or three penalties. Wow. Anyways, church must be empty where the pastor won't <laughs> That's the farthest thing from the truth, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. That's the second bad news of today. <sighs> oh, boy. No, the congregation. What, oh, are you bringing more news? <laughs> no. The Senate. But I'll we, we can leave that news for Monday. I don't even want to Okay, you, you, you know, you might as well just say it. I'm done. You might as well just say it. We, we're there. Say it. Give it to us, Javette. What happened? So one of the Democratic senators decided that she doesn't want to be a Democrat anymore. She's going to be independent. So it looks like we may have lost the Senate. Who is that? What state? Really? Um, I'd have to look it up because I turned the news off when she said it. <laughs> it'll, be still, it'll be it'll no. be fifty fifty now though. No, but do you lose the Senate though? Because if she's independent, she still has to she still have one way or the other. Yeah, she's gonna have a lean in. So remember yeah. um William Manchin considered himself independent, but he voted for the Democrats. Yeah, so but they said she follows the Republican Party. She, <sighs> she, she yeah, but, made no, she said, very good friends with specific Republican senators. So I kind of just feel that we've no. lost. No, because she said, I didn't read the whole story, but she said that she don't think she belongs to any of the National Party. So it's not, that's why she's going to independent. 
What it means, though, is that she's likely to vote with the Republicans. If you're saying there are some things she'll vote with the Republicans on. But I don't think it... All right, I so mean, the, I pulled up the story real quick. Um, thank you, Javed, for bringing that to the forefront. So let's talk about it real quick. Let me, let me, okay, got a few minutes. Sinema, that's her name, leaving the Democratic Party and registering as an independent. This has been, a, this has been updated at 12.22 p.m. today. So here we go. Let's jump in. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema is leaving the Democratic Party and registering as a political independent, she told CNN's Jake Tapper in an exclusive TV interview. She said, I've registered as an Arizona independent. I know some people might be a little bit surprised by this, but actually, I think it makes a lot of sense, Sinema said. I've never fit neatly into any party box. I never really tried to. I don't want to. Removing myself from the partisan structure, not only is it true to who I am and how I operate, I also think it will provide a place of belonging for many folks across the state and the country who are also tired of the partisanship. Sinema's move away from the Democratic Party is unlikely to change the power balance in the next Senate. Democrats will have a narrow 51-49 majority that includes two independents who caucus with them, Senators Bernie Sanders of Vermont and Angus King of Maine. While Sanders and King formerly caucus with Democrats, Sinema declined to explicitly say that she would do the same. She did note, however, that she expects to keep her committee assignments a signal that she doesn't plan to upend the Senate composition. Since Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer controls committee rosters for Democrats. When I come to work each day, it'll be the same, she said. I'm going to still come to work and hopefully serve on the same committees I've been serving on and continue to work well with my colleagues at both political parties. But Sinema's decision to become a political independent makes official what's long been an independent streak for the Arizona senator, who began her political career as a member of the Green Party before being elected as a Democrat to the U.S. House in 2012 and U.S. Senate in 2018. Sinema has prided herself on being a thorn in the side of Democratic leaders, and her new nonpartisan affiliation will further free her to embrace an against-the-grain status in the Senate, though it raises new questions about how she and Senate Democrats will approach her re-election in 2024 with liberals already mulling a challenge. Sinema wrote an op-ed in the Arizona Republic released on Friday explaining her decision, noting that her approach in the Senate has upset partisans in both parties. All right. So that's it right there. Can I say something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two things. Make it quick, though. Make it quick. Make make it quick. a a A Republican got to her. And two... If the Democratic Party spends money to get her elected, I think it's unfair. There need to be something in the clause and the rules that don't allow you to just get up and just walk away from a party after you had party funding to win. Here we're done. All right. Thank you so much, O'Neill, for that.
yeah so i'm sure we're gonna have more information on it so we can go into more discussion or we can go into more detail on monday so thank you sonette for bringing that to the forefront thank you marlon for letting us know i need to go into morning drink my white rum buntu kyangle nine night for the next nine days i will be sad nobody don't talk to me about brazil okay them lose so i can squeeze in one more i hope yeah here's one a woman sues. world cup is over <laughs> you know what, O'Neill? A woman sues after discovering TGI Friday's mozzarella sticks do not contain mozzarella cheese. On that note, Javette, can we please find something to sue for? I need money. And she has filed that lawsuit against InVenture Foods. All right. Um, here's another one. A woman allegedly drops off 50 pounds of human poop at a police station of course she got arrested the next time you think you're having an itty day consider the officers in texas who had to deal with buckets of human feces being delivered to their department the stinky drop-off happened on or around november 10th in electra texas that is when 46 year old mindy stevens pulled up to the electra police department rocking a full white hazmat suit and yellow mask an officer witnessed the odd visitor leaving containers outside the building and went to investigate. When he approached Stevens and asked her what she was doing, the woman very boldly stated that she was dropping off human poop before driving away from the scene. Upon further inspection, the, dis the officer discovered that the three five-gallon buckets were filled with human waste that weighed 50 pounds combined. Now, did, what, did she get it from a cesspool um, enter or did she get that from her own home and here we go we are at the end of the road i can't believe it's that time already but um lady the only thing i can say to you is that you're nasty i would not eat <laughs> <laughs> wait did you say five gallon buckets uh yeah <laughs> yeah that's a whole lot of pooping um yeah <sighs> um I don't think she thought about it. I really don't think she did. <laughs> Julie asked who weighed it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Action, ready for the thumping, ready for the thumping, ready for the thumping. Bad, bad girl, step out, I'm stunting. Queen, my ties them tick like pumpkin. Look pa me, big, big jumpy, the grunting. Yeah, yeah, me mighty, I just fronting. Run the girl, them water like fountain. From them sitting it bump up like a mountain. Climb to the peak, no rerouting. Me love kinny girl and me love plumping. Anyone out of I gotta say thank you to everyone that logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. Action, ready for the thumping, ready for the thumping, ready for the thumping. Thank you to everyone that tuned in on JanoRadio.com. And of course, I have to say thank you to everyone that joined me here on Clubhouse. Thank you so much for helping me to get through Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. 
Baddest female out there, tell them to confront Location a change and the money me a on First class up front, it a lip a girl a grunt My bank account, fatter than my front We out and bad Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on TikTok moments with me media. And the mean everything is M I. Thank you so much. Always appreciate the great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Up like a mountain, climb to the peak, don't rerouting. Me love kinny girl and me love plumping. Anyone I wanna come give me something. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask this one favor that you please be safe. Have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day and an amazing weekend. Catch you right back here. Monday morning. Stunting. 9 a.m. Eastern. This is Moments with me signing out of QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. Take care.